Welcome, everybody, to the Master Movie Podcast. Tonight's musical guest, Sans. Hi, Sans. Hello there. Isn't that just the theme from Death Note? No. Is it? That no. sounds so similar to Death Note. It, no, it it's is. Yeah, not. Sure. It, it's not. But it's similar. Don't believe Zach. No one it's believes similar, Zach. similar, but... It... <laughs> Just like how I've never seen Attack on Titan. Yeah, you fucking liar. I know, I'm the worst liar ever. Yeah. So you, t- you know so much about it and talk about so much of its visual aspects and everything. And you've still never seen it. It's so unbelievable. It is it's unbelievable. Crazy. Joke. Crazy. <laughs> All right. So... Oscar, okay, no, 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 okay, so we watched Birdemic. Yes. Yes. So, 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 Chris? <laughs> early, early with the Chris, side. Chris, eyes. Chris. Oh, my oh God. God. So, so, Chris. What? Spit <laughs> it out! What do you want? So, I, I know we're going to talk the Oscars. But but I wanna I wanna save that to the end because there's some other news I want to talk about. What the fuck? So there was some news. There is some news, and we'll talk about the Oscars in a bit. But, but first, I, I want to start with some some minor things and. Me and Alex talked a little bit about this before Chris got here. Uh, apparently, the Demon Slayer movie is doing really, really, really well. Cool. What's Demon Slayer? Demon Slayer is a new anime. Full stop. Okay, cool. I don't What's know next? anything. I literally don't know. <laughs> well, well, it, it did this thing that broke, you know, uh, you know, the Japan box office record is and is the highest grossing anime movie in America in COVID-19, it, with COVID-19 raging around us. So that's, Sorry, go ahead. So, so that's a big deal, and it it beat up Mortal Kombat for week two records already, so. Oh, is Mortal Kombat okay? It's, it's, it, 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 it got a fatality, unfortunately. Oh, you no. Out, like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Like, is there a that lot of blood or genuinely funny? <laughs> like a lot of blood or yeah, like, it, it was pretty anything? disgusting. Oh, it was horrible. It. Oh man, I don't think I you. Like... Getting, I don't think it's getting up again. I I think we should write it a card. Let me get a piece of paper. Round two. Like, it's a fatality. It's dead. Fatality. It died. What's yeah. Fatality mean? Oh yeah. my god. Oh my god. Alex, I just want to point out that I did not expect that joke to go there, but that went really funny, really fast. Oh my god, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What well, do we do? Well, we talked about Mortal Kombat's family, which is the other two Mortal Kombat movies. Oh my and god. And tell them how great their son was and how terrible they are. Oh god, they, they I don't need know if that's the, the time appropriate. of their son's death. Yeah. It's not appropriate, Zach. Yep. I don't know. Zach. Horrible time to tell parents they suck. 
as yeah, parents. Dude, fuck you, well, man. You suck, man. Not my fault. Terrible. <laughs> you suck as a parent. <laughs> Chris, I just want you to get on that soundboard. You got in the beans. <laughs> Listen, these are all not on the same page, okay? These are all like. Well, you gotta get. That's yeah. the wrong number. You gotta get a bigger that, page. You need more screens in your room. You I need more screens. Page, yeah. I need more tablets. Yeah. <laughs> No, but uh, I'm a jelly bean. Close enough. They're doing better than uh, <laughs> than World Combat is right now. So <sighs> great. Cool. What's next? Well, Luca got a full trailer finally, so we got a little bit more of a look at that movie. What's what's the movie called? Uh, Luca. Luca. It's uh, Disney Pixar's new. Uh, I think it's Italian, but I think it's from Brazil. I don't know. Oh, the mermaid. Yeah, the mermaid. Movie. Yeah, the mermaid movie. Got it. So, uh, yeah. Uh, also, we got a West Side Story story trailer during the Oscars. Shit, I still haven't seen that either. It looks cool. I it didn't really show much. I don't. Chris, did you watch it? Hansel Elgort. Hansel Elgort. Yes, what Chris said. I um, well, I did watch a little bit of Baby Driver again. I do love Hansel Elgort as an actor. I hope he didn't uh, abuse any women. Uh, and I would say. I do think it's interesting that both Into the Heights and West Side Story are coming out very, both very New York musicals are coming out. And I hear Into the Heights is great. Yeah. All right. So, Alex, this, this one's a little bit for you and me, but it's actually for a little bit for everybody. So, actor Finn Whitrock got cast in the Green Lantern series as Guy Gardner. Guy. The- so, so Chris, I don't think you know who Finn Whitrock is, do you? No, I don't think so. Well, I'm going to ask Alex, and then you and I can explain who Finn No, Whitrock. that was a different Finn. Um, nah. Not the one from uh, Dunkirk, right? No. That I don't know him. So, so, Finn Whitrock, Chris, is a frequent collaborator with Ryan Murphy... Most notably known for his role in American Horror Story as the villainous Dandy Mott. Uh, Good. What no other idea. What other Ryan Murphy's things has he done? He was in uh, Assassination of Giovanni Versace. Um, uh, I actually would have to look at his whole thing, but um, he was in Halloween Town for a hot second. So he. So only those two. Uh. I- Ryan well, Murphy he, I mean, he's only worked with Ryan Murphy since twenty uh, since twenty fourteen, which he did American Horror Story every year, and then he took a year off to do Giovanni Versace, and then I think. Uh, that, I just wanted to know and, when you when you say frequent, I wanted to know if he was a little. I I wanted to know if he was in the level of like Evan Peters frequent because I did watch something by I Ryan Murphy. Say, this week. I would say as of 2014, <laughs> yes, he's in he's in the level of Evan Peters. So how many has he been in? Uh, well, he's in American Horror Story, uh, American Crime Story, Ratchet. Uh, so he, three. Uh, he, I think, is was Deadbeat made by him? No, no. Let's see, so call me in three. Oh, yeah, he was in three, but really, what is Ryan? He's climbing. Honestly, he's climbing. Chris, Alex, what has Ryan Murphy really done? 
Oh my than, god, a shit ton, dude. Other than those talk? three. Ratchet fucking Glee? He, I just watched Pose Since this week. He's 2014, done so though, many. 2014. Dude, he's done a lot. Yes, he's done a lot. And I just wanted to know how how frequent he was. And it was like, there are people who have been with him since Nip Tuck, and there are people who are new now. Was he in 1984? Is he in no. the new season of American Horror Story? Yes, That's what I'm wondering. New, he's in the new season. Yes, he's been okay. in every season. He's been in every That's season right. since Freak Show. He's very good in Freak Show. He's a great villain. He is uh, really crazy, and I don't know what this Green Lantern character is. I hope he's not the lead. I want it to be Jon Stewart. So but, I'm excited. Okay, he's, good. Alex, he, he's also in Roanoke, and he plays one of the like hillbillies. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. So he's been in more. He's worked with Ryan Murphy more. Cool. That's all I wanted to know. What was his level of frequency? Because if you're Ryan Murphy collaborator, then it, is, it ranges a lot because he makes yeah. it. He, he was in... Freak Show, uh, Hotel, Roanoke, Giovanni Versace, 1984, Double Feature, Ratchet, and I think that's pretty much it. But he's he's basically only universally worked for Ryan Murphy since 2014, doing American Horror Story every year. He hasn't really made other stuff. Other than, like, a couple movies in between. He's basically in stuff. Nice. Cool. Anywho, uh, he's really good. Uh, I don't know how I like him as Guy Gardner. Honestly, Guy Gardner to me is kind of like the Ryan Reynolds of Green Lanterns. But, I mean, Chris, that's a good, that's a good, like, way to describe him, though. Well, we already so have a saying, Ryan Reynolds. Wait. We already had a Ryan Reynolds as Green. I, I know, I know, I know, I know. So who is Ryan Reynolds, then? Hal Jordan. Yeah. Never mind. What Zach is saying is that when in the Ryan Reynolds movie he played the character Hal Jordan. How Hal Jordan. I was hoping for John Stewart, a black Green Lantern. This guy's playing another character that Zach is saying is apparently in the comics is more like how Ryan Reynolds played Hal Jordan, which was not like the real Hal Jordan at all. Oh, so, so from what I understand, like Guy Gardner is kind of like <clears throat> what John Walker is to Steve Rogers. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a loud mouth and he kind of just like says shit and he thinks he's tough shit and he's not. How did he get the ring? I don't know. That's actually what I find. Interesting. I actually don't know anything about Guy Gardner. Your mom. Oh, <laughs> your mom. Damn, because isn't like you have to earn the ring. It's like the Thor's hammer type thing, right? Something like that. So why did the dick? Well, I I don't know. That's not necessarily always the case. Oh, okay. So he just got it, like he picked it up and he got it or something. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Wow. Uh. So yeah. So Finwood Rock did that. Uh, <laughs> uh, Olympia Caddis? Is that how you pronounce it, Alex? What? Olympia Ducatus? Dukakis. Dukakis? Sorry. Oh, man. Do I have to pour one out? Hold on. I, I don't know who this is. <laughs> Olympia Dukakis 
has been an actress since uh, since the seventies. Um, she was in Look Who's Talking. She's been in a lot of stuff. Um, she was pretty great, um, and people will miss her. She was a great actress. Look her up. Olympia Dukakis. She was great. How old was she? Um, like 70, she was eighty nine. Oh wow, later than that. Wow. Long life. I think the, the last thing I saw her in that I really enjoyed was, um, uh, and I've seen this several times. I just watched it recently. Was Moonstruck? Yeah, she was in Moonstruck. Um, she, oh yeah, dude. Moonstruck she was also in the Librarian movies, which looks, which is kind of cool. Uh, I, I haven't seen those in a grip, and yeah, Librarian movies are fun. She is great. She's been around for a while. She, I, I grew up again on the new Look Who's Talking movies on TV a lot, and she played Christiane's mom, and she was great. Um, she was awesome. All right. So, so one last quick, not to get too deep, but Dwayne Johnson was talking. That's what she about, said. Again, how he. Dang it! Dang it! Run. Dang it! What? <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Zach. Dwayne Johnson said he wanted to make a presidential run after paying some polls to de- see how he- how he would poll politically with people. What? Yeah, and he wants Dang. to do it on a nationwide scale now. <laughs> whoa, to... whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Dwayne Johnson. Yes, The Rock. Not anymore. He retired. Oh, oh, he's still Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, He is now getting political? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. God I'm thinking good. this he's getting political in the same way Oprah got political. Of those years ago. Political. (laughs) Like Arnold Schwarzenegger type shit? Yes, like Arnold Schwarzenegger type shit. Apparently, Anahe wants to run for governor of Texas, though, which I think is dumb. Texas! Yeah. I don't get it. (laughs) It, What kind of political views does he have? What does he want to change? What does he think he can bring to the... He's a Democratic centrist, so he's probably very much in the vein of, like, Joe Biden, truthfully. Okay. But, like, wh- <laughs> okay. It's Dwayne Johnson. Dude. Yeah, like, this is... Uh, <laughs> it's not... It's not. I don't take it seriously. I hope that it's not serious. I hope it's just him pouting his popularity because it's Dwayne Johnson. I was going to say, he has a whole brand behind him. He doesn't, like, okay, we're talking about the guy who doesn't want to look bad in a Fast and Furious movie, okay? Why would he risk losing a pop, losing, like, a political vote? Chris, Why would he risk that? I'm gonna, that's I'm gonna not ask, gonna work, that's not gonna work for his brand. I'm gonna ask a very particular question for you, and, and you don't have to answer it, but I know Alex will answer What the heck is going on? Trump was the lead of The Apprentice for years and had his own brand, and yet he ran for president one. And look what that did to his brand. <laughs> I'm uh, not saying... Uh, I am not... Like, okay. Agree to disagree. He'll make like, bad decisions no matter what. He is way more protective. Come on. Yes. yes. No, not than Donald Trump. Donald yes! Trump, Donald Trump sued his own Republicans for using his brand, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, dude. Like, no way. other people's mistakes oh i agree chris i agree with you on this one i 100 percent agree with you on this one i think it's a terrible idea for him to do it let's, let's talk about the oscars man okay come on let's, 
Let's move on from Dwayne Johnson. Oh Dumb. my god. Nope. 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 Keep it going. Nope. Oh, right, oh. Brother. On the topic of dumb decisions, that best actor award, huh, boys? They're not. The Bozeman family is not upset by it, from what I read. No, no they're not upset by this. I I didn't the watch the class, anything. Upset by it. The classy response would be to not be upset by it. Yeah, but let's be <sighs> okay. The All right, then fine. They're upset about it. I never said they were upset by it. I'm saying. The- the classy response is to be upset by it, which means that they are naturally not upset by it, then that makes them genuinely classy. But the classy response, like, what would you do? Walk out and be like, my motherfucking son deserved that shit. No, he wouldn't do that. Like, what did they expect them to do? Like, it, he was nominated in the first place, which is always, like, uh, that's that itself is supposed to be an achievement. And it is an achievement. Like, I personally think he deserved to win for the last four years. Like, I think what he did was Herculean. I think it was fucking mythic. Like, the last four years, he was an MCU leading franchise hero in several movies. And, and all the marketing that comes with that. He he fucking starred in two worthy Oscar-nominated performances. Uh, not They were not... Two nominations didn't occur. He was nominated for Ma Raimi's Black Bottom. And he was in the Five Bloods in a performance I think was worthy of a supporting actor nomination. And he was in Twenty One Bridges. The guy produced other stuff too. Like he was uh, plans to be on other stuff. And he had a family that he was running with somebody else. And he also was battling cancer for four years. This this that's unbelievable. And during a year when several people died of sickness, several people are grieving. What better choice? On a on a just a political narrative scale, would you choose then Chadwick Boseman this year? Like but they've made think. other political they've made other political choices before. They've given uh, mercy Oscars before. Scorsese's Departed is an absolute give on a year that didn't have a lot of good choices, and he deserved it for Raging Bull when they gave it to ordinary people. There are people who have got, gotten, like, DiCaprio's Revenant is because all the other times he's lost because he's been competing against Daniel Day-Lewis or somebody else, or Heath Ledger, for example. He's lost several times to better people, so they gave him an Oscar eventually. And, and that's that's what it's what they should have done. If they don't give him an honorary Oscar at some point, this should have been it. And the only reason it didn't occur is because... I, I think there are more, there's more than one reason, but the biggest reason is because, and this is what complicates things, Anthony Hopkins is genuinely good in The Father. There's a reason it's the Best Picture nomination. It's because of him. He carries that fucking movie. I've seen it. He's great. But at the same time, even he didn't go. He didn't. He wasn't going to go because he's 84 years old, and he didn't do a Skype thing because the uh, Oscars didn't want to do it with him unless he didn't show up. And with all that being said, it should have been Bozeman. Like, it just should have been him. And the only reason it isn't him, the only reason we didn't glorify him the way we did Heath Ledger with the Joker or James Dean years ago with his two awards in the three movies he was in in a span of one year is because he was black. And that's it. That's it. If any other white actor had done what he did in the last four years, he would have gotten an entire 10 minutes. I'm just saying that the whole show would have been about him. They would have been wearing fucking like r- ribbons around their goddamn chests. The the other thing to consider about all that too is um they reorganized the whole show last minute to put best actor last. So like I don't even think the producers of the television show for the Oscars even knew 
Well, that... here's the thing. The, the producer was Steven Soderbergh. And Steven Soderbergh actually planned a lot of that show. There's a lot of interesting ideas that they applied. I haven't seen it, but once I heard he did it, I looked into a lot of the stuff. And he genuinely planned a lot of that production to be a specific way. He made sure that people got their speeches longer. So no music is ever called on anyone. All speeches go as long as they are supposed to go. There's no host. There are few comedy bits. They don't even show clips for their performances. He geared the entire thing. So that it could land on Bozeman because I truly believe he thought that that's what was going to happen. That was the best narrative. And it was fucking shocking to him and other people that that's the way it went. And I am too. And the only reason it was is because more people watch The Father and they love Anthony Hopkins. But Anthony Hopkins won for uh, Science of the Lambs years ago and has been nominated three times since. It should have gone to Bozeman. And the fact that the entire fucking awards show... Gives Bozeman this huge memoriam, sends his image out as an MTF that you can buy, and then they give the last, they don't even give Best Picture till 20 minutes before the end of the show. Then they lead up to Best Actor, and it ends on a picture of Anthony Hopkins. End of show. No credits. They don't, Anthony Hopkins isn't even there and he didn't film a message. Even he didn't think he was going to win. It, it's gonna it, right now. It's a faux pas. Years from now, it's gonna have a terrible taste in people's mouth. Like it's not Anthony Hopkins' fault. He had a good performance in a year for a bunch of white people who loved loved this old white people in dementia story. But like, if you really look at the narrative of Bozeman, which yes, if if he had the best performance over Ma Ramey's Black Bottom, that is an argument. But that's not what the Oscars do. They're political as shit. They pull this shit all the time. They should have done it if they wanted people to watch the Oscars again the next year. And this is what hurts them. So I don't I, understand I what the fuck happened. I honestly think after this show, and this is going to be a real thing, I don't care about the Oscars anymore. I don't care what the Academy thinks. Honestly, like, they are no better than the Golden Globes to me anymore. Like, and that's sad. I would, I would rather watch the Emmys, which actively reward shows that should be actively rewarded except in the case of twin peaks <laughs> but that's like a whole different story <laughs> i never gave a lot Thank of you. thought into just any for, sort of nomination type thing where yeah. oscars emmys whatever the fuck it is i i never really cared a whole lot i care enough to be like oh great i'm glad that won that thing because i enjoyed it and it deserved it but besides that, I'm like, if it's a good movie, I don't need some, you know, big dick Hollywood thing to tell me that. There, yeah. there's, there's, there's a lot of things that I could go into why I think the conversation is sort of important and kind of matters. But none of it is about any of the earnestness of the Academy itself. But uh, with like, I don't expect them to give the award to the right person every year, but I do understand that. There's a respect that had, that came with the Oscars up to about maybe 10 years ago that allowed anyone that got nominated or won to get to go back into theaters, that got to get more marketing and promotion, that got to carry its name and have more people see it over time. That that got that every year on TCM they do this thing uh, the month of the Oscars where they show only Oscar nominated movies, and that goes into movies that are in modern day. They love to do that. So that means you get a chance to get a guy to come out for 10 minutes to talk about your movie to people who may not have ever watched it. There are things that come with that that are getting lost now with each and every year that gets it wrong. Green Book, this, bad calls. However, 
No Man Land one, Chloe's out one. I think this year is just going to kind of be a footnote uh, outside of that because the whole, everything was very predictable from day one, which is why the father win is so shocking. Bozeman was the best narrative to a, a year that was nothing but narratives. Everyone won that thought was going to win, except for that, and it was the worst one to be wrong. Yeah, it's 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 shocking to say the least and uh, to be honest it's it's one of those things that like you really wanted them just to end it right and do it and it just is you you watch it and you're like it's shocking but not surprising i think it was embarrassing when i when i heard about it i'm like oh that's embarrassing and then i heard how it all played out and i'm like no that's that's really bad that's just a bad thing like the production not knowing is really bad overall but like it should have been him like it's just such an interesting narrative the guy gave so much for his craft so much for his craft four years battling cancer and gave the all of those performances and everyone just kind of forgot about it why he's black yeah blame yeah it's really unfortunate well did anything good happen this year Chloe Zhao won uh, Best Director, which is awesome. And Nomadland did win, which I think is an earnest cool. uh, choice. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, who won for Best Editing that I thought was interesting? A Sound of Metal. Sound of Metal won for Best Editing, which is such an interesting choice because the sound design in Sound of Metal, by the way, is fantastic. Have you ever heard of that, Peter? I've never heard of it, Alex. Okay, so the guy who played... The villain in Venom, Riz Ahmed, is a drummer in a metal band who uh, starts to lose his hearing and starts freaking out about it and then eventually goes to a rehab center where they calm him down. And his girlfriend is there with him the entire time. It's on Amazon for free. And I think he got nominated for Best Actor. Um, I have yet to have seen it, but my parents told me last night that they really enjoyed it too. It won editing and sound design and everyone knew it was going to win for sound mixing or design or something. But the editing was cool. the huge surprise by people. Hey, Chris. Yeah. Tenet won Best Visual Effects. Woo! The movie was cool. The movie was cool. Can I ask you this? Do you think that if... Because we haven't seen all of them yet still. But what competition do you think might have come if the stuff that actually would have come out this year would have been up against Tenet. Like, um, I, I don't know. I don't think Black Widow would have. I think Godzilla vs. Kong would have had a good shot. I also think Dune, if Dune had actually come out correctly, I think. Ah, Dune. Yeah, that would have been a good one. Boy. Dune would have probably won, truthfully. I think Dune's probably going to win next year for, for best visual effects, truthfully. We'll see. Probably. I, w- I wouldn't doubt that. I, I don't know. I, I still think that Tenet would hold up against other movies that you know if they were to be a part of this i feel like it it still would have held up because there's a lot of practical stuff they did and just shooting backwards and the choreography you have to learn backwards like that it's so much work for something that you could easily do in uh you know 3d graphics and effects in in the computer where yes it takes a lot of effort to do that but it's a lot easier than multiple takes and the actor trying to choreograph and get everything right when they could have just you know gone the easier out but that's not really what 
Christopher Nolan is about, I guess. Or yeah, you can like shoot in the Black Lodge. <laughs> I like Twin Peaks. <laughs> I'm a fan of Twin Peaks. <laughs> hey, 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 Alex. <laughs> <laughs> we, we just need to call t- Kale and Tidbit. It's fine. We just need to call Kale and Tidbit. <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't mention them, but okay, yeah, I did. I That's do love it. those nicknames. We we just gotta call Kale and Tidbit. That's all that matters. Um, so Soul won Best Animated Picture and Best Original Score, which was cool. Ooh. What? For the animated picture, but yeah, for the uh, score. What? Why do you say "boo" best animated picture? Because I saw I saw Wolfwalkers. It was better. I don't I've know. Yet, I've I have yet that. to see that one. I really want to see it. It was better. But you had a good point, Alex. Why don't you Why don't you say that on recording when we were talking about why, like, why I didn't know about Wolfwalkers and I? It's it's. Disney chokes the um, faucet on that. I mean, there's a lot of great, there's a lot of great 2D animation out there. Most of it has gone to uh, YouTube or streaming services or Cartoon Network or Adult Swim. And there aren't a lot of feature films of actual animation, but every year there is at least one challenger that people forget about the one actual winner that should have been the case. I lost my body song of the sea and Wolfwalkers is, was this year. Like, finding uh, Vincent, uh, Loving Vincent was mine the year it came out. That didn't oh, win yeah. There, there's always a movie that's animated every year against the Disney or the big budget ones that never stands a chance but truly is the winner. And I saw a bit of Wolfwalkers, just a little bit of it. I was like, oh, my God, this is so much more interesting looking than Soul. And then I watched the movie, and I was like, yeah, it's just saying something a little bit different. It's stuff, stuff that's been said in other movies. I won't spoil anything. But it is, I think, a better story told more interestingly than Soul, which I think is a good, a great movie that has a great message but is never going to stick with me the way that it's a wonderful life sticks with me and it's the same message wolfwalker mm. stuck with me for the sheer fact that its story tried to um elevate itself to its style which more than anything is the reason you watch wolfwalkers and the reason you watch most anime movies animated movies well said wolfwalkers is great wolfwalkers is great I need to watch it. I'm. You've hyped it up. I. I really want to watch it. Also, I want to point out, Loving Vincent was against Coco. I genuinely think Coco is better than Loving Vincent. Agreed. <laughs> I do. Well, you can't. You can't I, fucking well, go there and say well, Loving Vincent. Well, time to do. I. <laughs> I do think that Coco is a better story. I do love the music. I do think that's better, and I do think that the visuals are beautiful. But I gotta tell you. What's the one that I <laughs> it depends on what you're looking for. When I I put Loving Vincent on more on mute in my house because the story is so simple. I've seen the movie once, I get the story already, and now when I put it on, it's just to look at it. And when I look at it, it's almost always inspiring to see how much time and effort it took in two years for actual painters, painters to make this movie. And that's what movies are. They are moving imagery. And it takes me back to like uh, the, uh, the the Adventures of Prince Ahmed and the like original animation that came from the early days before Disney took over. And I, it's just that kind of thing for me that I get inspired by. Whereas Coco, I am Latino. I'm there more than anything for the music and the culture. You've already won me on that. 
But yes, it is a more interesting uh, story that makes me cry at the end, whereas Loving Vincent is just about a guy who is stumbling around a murder mystery like an idiot until he realizes he should be a cop. And like, you know, art's cool, man. <laughs> but at the same time, there's more to there's more to like how people view Vincent, how they view his work, what his work meant to them. And I got to tell you, I spend more time thinking about uh, how two pairs of hands go into a bucket of water and splash themselves on a face in black and white loving Vincent than I do about Coco that much. Sorry, I don't I don't know what to tell you. That's just how I, I personally react to that. But I will say this. I sing Coco a lot. So both of those movies have different uh, reasons to go for. I think Loving Vincent was the kind of thing that the Oscars should celebrate. Coco is also a great movie that is better uh, uh, up there with a lot of great Pixar movies. However, in this case, I, I don't think it was the case. And there's a lot of other years where they do pick a movie that is outside of the Pixar range that uses something that's like not used anymore. Sadly, that's 2D, but sometimes claymation like Wallace and Gromit or uh, Leica. Leica has still yet to win with their paper animation. It's kind of fucking embarrassing. That is really stupid. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a, I'll, I'll hear me out. What if for any nomination, any, you know, Emmys, Oscars, whatever the fuck you want to think about any, any sort of it, you could have um, a winner uh, specifically for Disney so Disney will always get their way no matter what. But then you'll have another winner. So you'll have two winners for best animated picture. So Disney won't clog the pipe, as Alex said. Disney was nominated twice this year. No, here's what you do. Here's what you do. You make a category for only Disney movies. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Just so, so Disney will get its dick sucked and everyone will applaud. But then the movie that actually deserves it or that also deserves the win can also get it, you know? So there's, there's an interesting point to this that I think you guys are – that you this, that's actually true. Um, that I think Coco raises this to something that I really want to see, which is that, yeah, Disney is choking the chain. And, and sometimes with Soul, we're starting to realize that I... they may be creating a formula that's, that's not producing stuff that's as good as – wally inside out or coco consistently but then you get the thing that is genuinely artistic and doing something different and weird when the oscars first showed up the very first year they had two best pictures one for the one for the most entertaining and one for the most artistic achievement the oh my god called wings it's a silent movie and it's about uh planes uh uh uh, fire uh pilot war pilots in the first world war and it's actually genuinely fun and interesting and a big uh showcase for what would be like um uh pearl harbor and titanic and stuff like that uh, and then the other winner for the artistic one was one that i've tried to put on the wheel several times it's a beautiful movie called sunrise the tale of two souls and is a unbelievably well-made silent movie that is an artistic achievement 110 percent, and they both represent what we would get from hollywood down the line and i don't know at one point they stopped doing that and just made one best picture but yeah they used to do two and i think coco well well, no that coco is a representation of how 
and Casablanca is that is the, is the example of this as well, where big conglomerate producers, studio people coming in, Gone with the Wind, where you where a bunch of idea men come together and actually create stuff by getting artists in a room and doing it. It's not one vision really by a director or an artist so much as it is a guy that understands the me- mechanisms of movies. That's Kevin Feige. He, the Marvel films are producer-made films, and some of those are smart because at a certain point he's like, this needs more of an artistic touch. Whereas in Ant-Man, he's like, take Edgar Wright out. That's too much of an artistic touch. So there is a balance. Coco, oh, Inside Out, Wally, those are Pixar films that are achievements in my book and deserve all the recognition. And they may have been during the years where you have something that has never been done in animation before, but the story is so simple that people were like, eh, and then it's gone forever. No, and that's you're why like, I'm wow, saying it's so even weird. worse because we already had that option, but it now it's gone. And I was saying that as a fucking joke, but there was already a thing and they got rid of it. Well, no, they could change it. We only had five Oscar nominations for Best Picture uh, well into the 2000s until uh, Dark Knight happened. Then the lack of the Dark Knight added uh, brought the potential of 10. And since then, it's been a varying from five to 10 every year so that they have the option for the popular movie that's how avatar got in that's how like blind side got in that's how a lot of uh easy popular movies have gotten in despite the fact they don't really deserve to be at the oscars so they can change shit whenever they want but they don't change shit with the understanding that there's a difference between entertainment and art and then the people who love the oscars are like you have the entertainment numbers it's box office you have the you have all these other award shows that give all these other examples to blockbuster stuff but we ask for one thing a year and that's the oscars an actual genuine award show that focuses on the actual invention creation and execution of filmmaking within hollywood and that's not what it is it may have not have always been that that may have just been a decision for them to be like yeah i mean sunrise is what we're all here for but everyone loved wings guys we got to get this radio show up and listening to us we got to get everyone in a room so we can start drinking with clark gable and carrie grant so like Mm-hmm. All of this is is shaded and weirded in an odd way. It's like we're every step forward they try to make, it's two steps back with the money men. So yeah, I do wish they put they put that there, especially with the best the best animated, because it would give other countries, especially that have way more animation than us, opportunities to come in and be like, all right, here's the popular one, but here's the one that actually elevates the execution of animation. We would get so many paprikas, it would be insane. I mean, I honestly, and to take like this year, for example, I think if they did something like that, like Demon Slayer probably would win for best anime picture. That's the thing. Like that, that that's just the truth of the matter is it's like Luca wouldn't stand a chance because Demon Slayer would just win it and Luca could win its, you know, the whatever. We we haven't seen either one of those movies, so we can't say which one is better than the rest. For example, America isn't really that adapted to anime yet, and that's a whole other discussion that come down the way. So, like, something by Miyazaki, sure, but something called Demon Slayer, probably not. No, Maybe. there's there's too many white people here. It's already been submitted for, it was submitted, actually, for the 93rd Academy Awards. And it didn't get through, so. Yeah, too many white people. And also, here's the thing. Good action movies don't usually get it. It's true. Anything else could happen or just more stupid stuff? 
So this week's been kind of the week of stupid shit. <laughs> oh, cool! <laughs> the lead of Judas and the Black Messiah one, and uh, uh, the lead of Get Out one. It's, it's great. Yeah. Cool. So, so, Chris, now that we've kind of finished with the Oscars, uh, something, something's missing this week. What, what don't we have to talk about this week, huh? Your mom? No, we don't. We don't have a Marvel show to talk about this week for the first time in the. Week. Let's talk I about don't... Zach's mom. No, 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 no. I'm just saying that because of Chris's mom joke earlier. I just want to keep filling the episode. Yeah. Go ahead, Zach. Uh, I think this is the first time in like almost five months that we haven't had a Marvel show to talk about this week. Thank God. <laughs> God, guys, it's gonna be weird, and we don't have another one. I think we're gonna be able to talk about till June. I think they're fun, and I enjoy them. Yeah, I don't think it's a bit. I don't know. fucking hate them. I yeah, just no. real quick, I need to point out something. Like I've been pointing out the um Disney's chokehold on the animated Oscar category mm-hmm. for years now and then you guys were like yeah cool and then now you guys are complaining that like <laughs> that disney's got the choke hold and i'm just like yeah whatever <laughs> it is a Next complete it, it is a complete role reversal chris is ahead of the curve it's true they don't. Okay, listen. No, I'm like in this phase of my life right now, or is I don't need to like think about stuff like that. Like, I don't want to like get mad. I don't want. I'm at this point in my life where I don't want to get mad if somebody or some movie doesn't win. Good man. Like, cause the game. Cause like I know the game is rigged. There's no point in me wasting my breath on complaining about it. I'm just one more voice. Well, again, as I said, it's more complicated than just the earnestness of the Oscars and the clout of saying you won. When you win, you get to go back in theaters. You get more marketing. People, you get to go on TCN down down the line years later. People talk about you with reverence, and you get more options to be seen more by people. We would be talking more about Wolfwalkers if it had won, and notice how we didn't talk one fucking bit about Soul because it did. And it's about we don't care about who wins anymore. That's starting to go away within the past 10 years as Green Book and uh, all these other wins were starting to come out. And they've been trying to change things, but the change is so slow. And each year there's always one more dig in the heart that tell people, God, you guys, you just don't really you're not getting it right. And that reverence that's been around is starting to slip. So we would be talking about Wolfwalkers more, but in 10 years from now, even if they got it right, it wouldn't matter. That that reverence is going away. But also, we don't even have theaters right now, so whatever one is still streaming and rentable the way that it always was. So who gives a shit? If it was, if it was Nomadland and Nomadland came into theaters once again, it would be back. And a part of me would be like, yeah, maybe I'd kind of want to go see Nomadland in the theater again because it was a beautiful movie and it did look great. And I maybe I would get a chance to see other stuff again. The Oscars is the only award show that really had that cloud. Not the Grammys, not the Golden Globes, not even the Emmys because it's TV. 
movie theaters had people going back to them again when something won. And we don't even have that this year. So who gives a fuck? Yeah, take that, Chris. No, I'm just kidding. No, it's just I'm, no I'm like, no, here's my thing. I stopped, like, I stopped complaining. I stopped. Because, like, Good like I just stopped. Like, I'm done wasting my time and breath on let, complaining let about ask, this kind of stuff. Let me, like, let me ask this. If Star Wars won, would you be, if Star Wars got somehow into the best picture with either one of the, the ones that came out within the Disney buyout would you have been excited would you have been excited of rise of skywalker regardless of the content made best picture nomination you would be because it's the thing you love it's now the same hold thing- on a minute now hold on you're telling me rise of skywalker as it is no i said if content that aside, movie content aside content if rise of skywalker, okay yes I'm this is a yeah, hypothetical yeah yeah it's if what if Skywalker was something you loved and Star Wars was something you loved, regardless of whether it was good. Let's say it was a great movie, but the question was, was it a best picture movie? And that's for you, it doesn't matter. It was a Star Wars movie that was great that's been nominated for best picture. <laughs> now everyone's talking about the reference of an Oscar nominated movie. When it's something you love, of course it matters. When Love and Monsters got nominated for best special effects against Tenet, that means people are going to be like, Tenet won, awesome. What was against it? Love and Monsters? What's that? I'm going to go watch Love and Monsters now. That's the whole point. That's the kind of thing I kind of get excited for when it's something I like. It gets appreciated. That's what award shows are supposed to do. They're supposed to get people to watch fucking movies as well as celebrate those who made them. Not and now pornos, not actual fucking movies. I love pornos and they deserve credit. The storytelling is awesome. I, I can I can point you guys to some great windows. I, I have them still open from That's last okay. night. Nope. Okay. Oh, no. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. It's time to do Okay, listen. Like shows I showed earlier anyway. Again, this has happened before. It's been months, but this has happened before. You're taking me for granted. If Rise of Skywalker, okay, like so ignore we the will never know if that was a good movie. Like the only other that the only other like option that we have besides the var- besides the version that we got was the Colin Trevorrow cut. Now that was a okay, and by all accounts, that is probably a better story than the one we were given. Now, is that Oscar good? I would not have like I would have been skeptical because this doesn't usually happen, and when it does, it never goes that way. So I have like no reason to think I would have been like, like okay, here's precedence: Black Panther. Okay. When Black Panther was nominated Best Picture, mm-hmm. I was skeptical that it wasn't going to win. Well, I, like, there's no way point, it was going to win. My point is what it was. The content. Was, my point no, is about like, the content. It's about your love of Star Wars. It's that. I would have been. I would have been skeptical. No. I. I but uh, not if you. I would have been happy that it would have got. Not, I would have been happy that it got nominated. But in the end, I would have known there's no way it was going to win. Let me let me change this. Let me change this entirely and flip this. My the only reason I brought that out is because I'm talking about something that you unabashedly love. So like love, like you love Star Wars no matter what to the point that you're probably still going to watch Rise of Skywalker more in your life, and you're going to find things that you enjoy about it over time because you love Star Wars unabashedly. There's a reason I watched the second season of Twin Peaks. I love it. 
unabashedly. I know it's never going to get nominated for Emmys because it sucks. Do you know what I wish had won for the 10 fucking Emmys that it won and, you know, it didn't win and I'm not surprised by? The Return. Nominated, Chris. The point is when you love something unabashedly and then it gets recognized by the highest level, now everybody's talking about it, that that makes your heart grow two times too bigger. It's because you love it. That's what I'm talking about. Now let's take something that we all loved that we don't love personally because we don't sit at home and have Mad Max cars. Fury Road. Do you think we would all be sitting here and not touting the Oscar best picture winning Fury Road if it had won? We all would be dancing on it. We would be a night of celebration. We'd all be just screaming at the top of our lungs the next day on the next episode because we genuinely loved that movie and it never should have been nominated for Best Picture. That's a thing that that could have changed things for. But, like, I'm talking about when you love something and then the whole world gives it recognition. It's great. It's fantastic. And it gives you a warm fuzzy inside. That's what these award shows are supposed to have their finger on the pulse of. And when you don't put it on Chadwick Boseman for what he did, you're wrong, buddy. You're wrong. And people are going to Keyword. Supposed to. You keep saying... It's supposed to like this has been a consistent thing where they have consistently made the wrong choice. I'm talking about within the scheme of the Oscars in general. You got exactly of it. That hasn't always been the case. Sometimes they get it right. Sometimes they get it right in a way that everyone backs away and goes, yes, Moonlight. Everyone backed away and was like, yeah, Moonlight was the best picture that we're no country for old men. Everyone backed away and was like, yeah, yeah, that was it. No, no, no arguments. By everyone, that was the best picture of the year. Sometimes they get it right, but over the last ten years, they've been showing their like. Over the past ten years, there's been the Me Too movement. There's been more focus on people of color and film, and their lack of actual voices within the median. And it's showing its cracks in so many faces that the foundation is starting to go, and the clout is starting to wane. And people like us are sitting here talking about what it should be when it's not. And none of us watched it. None of us care, and yet that's still the clout that the Oscars have. We it hasn't gone away yet. It's true. I'm not arguing against its clout. I'm just saying, like I've done complaining when it gets it wrong, because of course it got it wrong. But I'm saying I'm not I, wasting my time I'm saying, on that. I'm I'm saying we find it int- I find it interesting that yes, none of us care that we get it wrong anymore. But all of us celebrate it still when they get it right. The for the Grammys, for me, I don't care if Animal Collective won. Who gives a shit about the Grammys? Someone gives a shit about the Grammys? Exactly. No one gives a shit when people win. And no one gives a shit when people lose. At the Oscars, people still care about when people win. I know because I care when Mad Max Fury Road got Best Picture. I care when Love and Monsters got a special effects award. There's still something... I don't like that. I wish that would go away. But it's still there. Oscars still have some hold and that's what I'm saying is interesting not against you not a disagreement but I find the whole situation to still be interesting as those foundations crumble they're gonna go that's good this uh, the Oscars are turning into the Grammys for me that may not be the same way with other people maybe other people respect the Grammys the way they do the Oscars but there's something about the Oscars that still make me respect the winners while I don't care about the losers and that's interesting to me Anyway, like, yeah, I'm just, I'm done complaining. I'm just done. I'm just done. Like, there's nothing, like, apparently everybody's doing it for me on Twitter. 
or something like that, which I have like legit left. Um, it's okay. But like, yeah, just for me, like, I just, like, I just, I'm just not gonna like waste my time complaining. Should that, like, okay, like, for, okay, if like, Rise of, okay, let's entertain this then. Okay, Rise of Skywalker. It actually lives up to its hype, right? Sure. If it legit earned that. Yeah, that's right? what saying. If it had legit, like, earned that and it, like, made me the happiest person on earth yeah. and it getting recognized at the Oscar, okay, fine, good for them. But, like, the reality is, it is what it is. And if it had gotten nominated for that, I would have been like, what the hell is going on? I highly doubt that, dude. You would be... Bullshit! Bullshit! No, no, you are taking me for granted. Just because I love Star Wars, you think I'm going to think, oh, Attack of the Clones should have been nominated. Yeah, Attack of the Clones should have been nominated for an Oscar. Oh, yeah, that's what we're going to say now? Is that what we're saying? There's precedent. The Star first of all, Star Wars has been nominated for Oscars before. That's not forty that years did. ago. Doesn't matter if it was good again. It would or if it earned it, like Mad Max Fury Road, it would get recognized. And all I'm saying is that doesn't matter with the, whether it earned it or not. If it got it and it did earn it, you would be excited. And I find that interesting for film fans who still get excited when they can say. Oscar-winning Rise of Skywalker. In fact, Rise of Skywalker was nominated at the Oscars. That is an Oscar-nominated movie. You can say that about that. If you loved the movie, you truly could walk around in an argument and say, yeah, well, Rise of Skywalker was nominated for an Oscar because people still hold that in class. That's all I'm saying. I know you well enough, and I wouldn't... It I was wouldn't nominated for three Oscars, Alex. I would not shit on that parade. I would let you have that celebration because I would want that celebration, and I have that celebration when the things I love get nominated. I just find that contradiction interesting is all. That's what I'm pointing out. Not the content or whether it was good. It was that if that was the case, you know you would come on here and be like, Best Picture! Not made for Best Picture! You would have fun. And that's the whole point. It should be that way. It should be all the nominations feel that way for everybody. But they're not. It's so rare and far and few and in between where something weird that everyone can kind of get behind, get behind its earnestness gets nominated. And I think in this case... Wolfwalkers is one that got a little bit short shipped. I think people should look at it. It's it's a unique looking movie. Love and Monsters. People should look that out. Of course, Tenet is more of a it's a proper execution of its special effects. But Love and Monsters is pretty good for the kind of like low budget direct to DVD movie that it was. Maybe it was supposed to be in theaters. I don't know. It looks like it had theater quality, but I really liked that movie, and I hope I hope more people can see it. And a good argument for me for people would be like, "What's Love of Monsters?" Well, Love of Monsters competed against Tenant for special effects at the Oscars, and they could go really. And I would go yes, and I'd say it confidently because for some reason I get excited when the things I love genuinely get nominated or win at the Oscars. Whereas if something loses, I'm not surprised. Fair enough. If, but still, I still wouldn't have thought Rise of Skywalker would have won. Still. 
I mean, yeah. it would have been. It would have been like I think that Rise of Skywalker, if they had done Star Wars right from the get go, and that's my own opinion of what's right. It could have been another Lord of the Rings, and that was the thing. Everyone knew from the get go with uh, um, uh, Fellowship of the Ring, this was Oscar nominated quality stuff. And when the other two movies kept delivering, they were like, "Okay, when Return of the King comes, we're giving it every single fucking Oscar ever," and they did. And I think it, it won all but like, didn't it win like all but like three awards too? That it was I, for it was, I, it was nominated <laughs> for like eleven, and I think it won. Yeah, eleven, and it won. Um, all yeah, no, it won them all. It I think it holds the record for highest Academy Award totals. If you get an ending right, they'll give you it for the ending. That's why I said. Rise of Skywalker in my uh, point anyway, but you liked Jedi, you liked Last Jedi, and there were some things that I felt that about Last Jedi that were Oscar worthy in a lot of ways. How some things were executed, the cinematography for one thing, um, and if it won for certain things like that, I would be very excited because I genuinely liked that movie. Um, yeah, that that's all. Like if you like something and you feel like it earned it and it wins, you feel excited. But when something you like doesn't win. We're having the same conversation about how this is a, all a shallow, hollow affair for, you know, people to just, you know, suck each other's dicks in their career. Mm. I, I for all of us. Tasty. It's, it's one or the other. This is the only award show that I think still has that capability. But I would not want to take that, that excitement away from you. But this would be – an, an, all of this has an asterisk to it because it's the COVID year. All, all all the movies that were nominated, we knew who were going to win from the get-go, and the only one that didn't was Bozeman. Every other award was almost pretty much predictable. And the award show I hear was interesting, while the awards themselves were more focused on the people who won them and not the fact that they won, which is nice. I kind of wish I had seen that, but I like spending more time arguing with you, knuckleheads. So, yeah. So on the topic of I'm the... I'm just... Uh, real sorry. quick, Zach. Um, yeah, okay. I'm just... For me, I'm just like uh, when S Spike Lee's reaction to when Green Book won. That's how I am right now. Just like same old. Yeah, but same did old. you also see his his reaction when he won for best screenplay that year? He was so happy. Anyway, like when that's Green my Book point. Won, Spike he Spike made a Lee, face uh, like. So I'll never forget. No, but that's the thing. Spike Lee gets it, which is that they take one step forward, they take two steps back. Spike Lee, who should have won for Do the Right Thing back in 1989, that wasn't even nominated once for an Oscar and is arguably the best movie of 1989. And he finally gets an Oscar out of all the movies he's made since, including Malcolm X, for crying out loud. And he finally steps in with this and gets an Oscar win for a screenplay. Even though Black Klansman was nominated for Best Picture and he was nominated for Best Director. Fucking Spike Lee nominated for Best Director and they give him a screenplay. And then give Green Book Best Picture. That is a head shake. One step forward, two steps back. Yep. Of course he was happy when he got up there and yep. he has an Oscar in his hand. He has an Oscar in his hand. But then he walks away and it's like Green Book wins? Like, what did we same do old. In the place? Yeah, same, same old. Same old. So, but he's still, he still is excited about that Oscar and I guarantee you he still has it on his wall. So, Chris, how excited are you for this fall when we get to see Marvel Studios' Eternals directed by Academy Award-winning director Chloe Zhao? It'll be delayed. We won't see it for the next three years. 
I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's 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 Black Widow, Chris. Come on, get real. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, it's already done that. So <laughs> I know I'm just being funny at that at that point. No, Eternals will come out this year. It's gonna be really cool when they get to you know they get to uh, tout around the fact that that Nomadland won, and they get to say, hey, we got the the Academy Award winning director in our slate. Blah blah. You know, Disney's gonna do it. Come on. Let's, Those expectations does, will not be met. When they, does Black Widow come out? Uh, November. May. May. Sorry, I got mixed up. It's coming on Disney Plus. In, in theaters. Wait, so this month. May. Uh, uh, yeah, I think it so. Is, it no, they delayed it to July. Oh yeah, 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 July. Sorry, July 9th. It was supposed to be May seventh, and then that didn't happen. When When was the year that it was going to come out in? Last, Last year. <laughs> Jesus fucking after hell. Endgame, yeah, like like three months. <laughs> no, it was supposed to come out in November. Was it? Yeah, of that year. No, November of twenty twenty. Yeah, uh, that was like it was like Spider Man Far yeah. From Home, mm. and then a whole year and a half of no Marvel movies, and then Black Widow in November. Yes. That did not happen. Wow. We'll get a we'll get Eternals, I'm sure. Like Eternals, I think right now is scheduled for November, and Shang Chi's in September. When September ends, yes. Love that song. Mm Mm-hmm. One more thing about why Chris is wrong here. I'm just kidding. (laughs) <laughs> yeah let's let's go let's backtrack and go back to everything we just said and let's say it again real quick i'm an argumentative sound of a bitch on chris's show sorry <laughs> yeah uh, i'm just i'm just excited because chloe's out is the academy award winning director and she is we can say woman, that now second woman so yep second woman of color all right so let's she's not we watch this week she's not special is what you're saying she's very special So what did we watch this week, boys? Anyway, what did we watch this week? What did we watch this week? Zach Zach watched more Space Dandy, because I've been kind of batching it a little bit. I watched a little bit of season two of Attack on Titan, because I wanted to. Because you want to know what you're talking about? about. Something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Refresh myself. Um, Mm. I watched... Um, I think other than that, I've pretty much just kind of been watching my usual garbage, basically. Just a little bit of Space Dandy, a little bit of Attack on Titan, reading some stuff, and then watching lots of YouTube. Always lots of YouTube. Who's next? Uh, I'll go. Um, Alex, I I haven't uh, gone further on Space Dandy. I'm still saving that. I actually found myself watching a lot of stuff with other people. Um, my dad and I watched... Uh, my Actually, my dad and I watched Endgame again. He just wanted to watch it. Uh, I love Endgame. Great movie. I think I'm loving it more. I think I genuinely love to watch Endgame more than Infinity War, but Infinity War is by far the better movie. It's the total Godfather, Godfather Part 2 effect. Um we also watched the first two episodes of Ryan Murphy's Pose. My mom, my dad, and I. Great show. Also had Evan Peters in it. Um, oh. Evan Peters and Ryan Murphy have a thing for each other. 
They uh, okay. he works a, now. That is a frequent Ryan, Ryan Murphy uh, cast member. Um, he point. is not. He is gay. He is gay in the show. The point of the show is that it's set during. It's set in 1987 at the uh, rise of the AIDS epidemic, and it's about um, balls. They're called balls, but basically it's a drag <laughs> show that happen in New York. And there's a whole culture. That's why they specifically call their section balls. And you have houses and. You join a house, you get to go in, houses compete based off of different fashion senses uh, and theme nights, and the show is about how one particular woman is gathering, is quitting a house and starting her own and gathering different dancers that are just kind of like on the end of their ropes and need help, and they're forming a family, and within the first two episodes, I'm fucking in. The third season is about to start, and I fucking love it, dude. I, I Those first two episodes suck me in. Great music, really... It's a really gay show, but that's the whole point. A lot of actual trans actors, um, and I think they're going to end after season three that's about to air, but I just saw the trailer, and that's what really suckered me in. And then my mom was like, I really want to watch it, and so we started it. Then... While she was changing her ba- my dad's bandage and I was doing uh, the dishes, we all watched. I started A Few Good Men just so I could listen to it. And my dad was the only one that could really look at the screen. We finished our chores about halfway through the movie. And then we all sat down and we all just like finished it and loved it. Because A Few Good Men is the best. Um, I saw Mortal Kombat in theaters uh, with my brother and 20 of his friends at his restaurant. They rented out a theater and they all had, had um, vaccines. And it's my Holy technique. crap. I know they have money. Um, <laughs> Damn. Well, he, he, he knows the owner of the restaurant very well that he's on a reality show on true TV where celebrities go on and he makes food for him. Like, he, yeah, they have money. Um, and he's just been in the restaurant business restaurant since its origins. Uh, all the way out in St. Paul. It's called Handsome Hog. It's a great place. And um, they rented out a theater, and we all went to go see it. And it's technically my first theater experience, and I already had seen the movie. So it's not like I don't, I'm not going to say it's not my first, but it is technically my first. And watching Mortal Kombat again in the theater, I did really enjoy it. But uh, those editing things that I did see were still there. And there were some character things I was like, I still like Kano, but like no one is as good as Kano. As a character, no one's as fleshed out as him. And that really kind of got me a second time around watching it. But it did make me excited for how they could possibly fix these things down the line in other movies. Um, And we had a good time. It was a good time. Uh, I watched and that led me into more fighting stuff. And uh, I watched The Night Comes for Us again with my dad. And that movie is horribly violent. I love it. It's a great (laughs) hand-to-hand combat movie. The Night Comes for Us is fantastic <laughs> um we're talking stabbing people in the head with broken in half cow bones it's awesome uh and let's see uh i um i rewatched the first few episodes of gangs of london with my dad because i originally started it with him but he fell asleep started the rest of it with my brother and then my dad wanted to watch it and so we got to episode three, so I got one more episode more. And it is, but it is by far my new favorite show. Like, it just can, more specifically because it's airing right now. Whereas, like, Titan and all that stuff is just it's past stuff, and I'm watching past material. But this is probably my favorite thing right now. The hand-to-hand combat and the violence equals the actual storytelling and the technical aspects of it so well. The first the first episode has a fight in a bar. The second episode 
involves like a, a muscular man with a meat cleaver. And the, and the third episode is just a massive heat style uh, machine gun battle. And all of them are grotesque and violent. And it's amazing. Um, really love it. And then I got uh, halfway through season two of Attack on Titan. And I'll say the same thing I said to Peter and on Twitter, which is that it reminds me of when I first watched the second season of Battlestar Galactica. And I was like, is everyone a fucking Cylon? And then I was in the middle of the second season. I was like, is everyone a fucking Titan? Jesus Christ, what the hell is going on? It's insane. Uh, and uh, <laughs> now I know a lot of I know a lot of things, but I think I th- what made me say that is the consistently uh, consistency of how like they're doing it because they've now gone from 24 episodes to 12. So a lot of ideas have not been condensed and that actually makes things a lot more thrilling. Uh, but yeah, um, I think I have six more before I'm done with season two. And but I'm going to try and do those and dandy and focus on that more next week. Uh, and then that's about it. I didn't watch any of the other stuff by the director of this, and I'm going to, uh, to after this for sure, after Birdemic. Peter? Yeah, what's up? What did you watch this week? Oh, uh, I watched, uh, I, I got one episode more of Attack on Titan because, you know, that's how it's going right now one episode at a time uh the last one for the remaining half season is tonight so i don't know if i'm gonna make it through the night and be able to watch it uh last time last week when i watched that episode i backtracked you know another episode so i could kind of get that uh get, get get all the momentum from the previous episode again and into it because it's like these episodes are not like you know days apart now these are like back-to-back type shit so it's kind of why i'm glad binging is the best way to go about it what'd you say that's why i'm glad i'm binging yeah these episodes feel it feels yes. like a lot of watching them together but i realize if you break them up like it's not enough it's potato chips for sure yeah and and I just don't want to miss anything, you know, like if there's small little moments from like a side character to another side char- character that follows through in the next episode, I won't get that as much satisfaction if I kind of forgot what happened type deal, you know? So, uh, yeah, one episode left. It's agonizing. Um, let's see. I've been. We have like nine months to wait. <laughs> and I'm fine with that because then I can potentially look stuff up and theories and stuff without getting things spoiled but i'm still i I'm wary of that Peter. yeah i might not i might not frank with you i i don't want to spoil things but I, frank. Would, I yeah no i would i would have i would try your darndest to avoid looking stuff up because manga stuff could come forward and you'll be super spoiled on some stuff yeah, yeah, I'll just I'll just hold off, I guess. Fuck it. Uh Alex showed me um showed me a show called Mr. Show and it's uh it's a comedy type deal from 95, started in 95, and it's with uh David Bowie and Bob Marley as the hosts. That sounds amazing. <laughs> um oh, I'm sorry. It's uh I'm so sorry. It's David Cross and Bob Odenkirk. I always get those guys mixed up. Um, oh, really, really, really funny. I like 
oh god i i love the i mean yeah it's funny and you you can dive into that but i i love the structure of it it's like how dreams work for me where my dreams rarely make sense in real life and if something's happening 5 minutes later it'll bleed into the next dream that I have. So it's like kind of the same dream, but like all the stakes have changed just all everything, everything about what the dream that I was just having has slightly changed, but it kind of bleeds into the next dream. And that's what the show is. It's like you get a president talking and then it'll go to the news station that was just showing that clip And then it'll go to a guy that's like watching that news station and he's in his house and there's like a dog, you know, eating his kid. Like it just it it works. It flows. But it's like almost totally random. It's just the fact that it's all in the same universe. And that's that's like the consistency. It's so fucking funny. Yeah, it's crazy when you get to like season three and they pull out jokes from season one. Oh, wow. I'm excited. I'm only a few episodes into the first season because um, I've I just had a busy week this week. And apart from that, I've just been, you know, doing other stuff more than watching shows uh, They're um, hanging out, hanging, hanging out. out. That's hanging out with your family. <laughs> Sounds sweet, not a thing to do. I'm Venom. <laughs> I'm home. <laughs> um, yeah, and I just watched a few new trailers, that Disney thing that looked somewhat interesting. I was, I was talking to Alex about the the squishy people look with Disney movies and also non-Disney movies. Everything just starts to look the same. Now, like these people look like they could belong in a like a princess movie that came out five years ago. All the movies have massive trunks. It just, yeah, it just doesn't. It look, it just the squishy people look. They look all soft and they look. I don't know. It's not, there's infinite ways to characterize a humanoid and to give them a unique look cartoons still do it why can't we do that with animation like 3d animation like pixar you can't make it unique if it's round and squishy and has no curves on it or any contours then it's you know it's not original it's easy to sell and it can be easy to grab in a claw machine and i don't want any creativity i want to be able to have other countries know exactly what this thing is all right besides this is these this is how a mom really looks Dick. Big booty. And I'm not saying Chris is a dick. I'm saying the executive who said that is a dick. <laughs> also, this is how a mom really looks like. I'm an old fuck, some 24 year old model. I'm 84. Gentlemen, I will see you later. Oh, God. <laughs> well, my argument still stands, and you should try harder to make characters look different than the previous movie you just fucking made. Uh, my completely different universe. Yeah, it's it it's squishy. That's what he's saying. Oh god, it's it's gotten stale for me. Like, I see what you mean by the squishy look too. Like, I'm looking at like pictures from that trailer, and I'm like, I could just oh. pinch their cheeks. I oh, you know it's it. They look like they're kind of made out of clay a little bit, 
which is like you could it just press it, it and looks it like they're good. made out of felt, but they have skin on them. But it just looks like they're stuffing inside. It, look at any <laughs> fucking Disney movie the last five years, and they and the characters look almost the same. Like they have the same look. They might be a different color. They might be an elf. They might have longer hair or bigger eyes. But it's all it's all that same sort of genre of a of a look. It, I, I'm getting a little tired of it. And the next fucking Disney movie, whatever that mermaid boys whatever it's called is the exact same thing <laughs> like yes they're mermaids and yes we get to see underwater stuff now but when they're humans they look like they were in the movie soul like they could be walking in in the background i i like, do find they could be in the incredibles we, movie i it reminds me of last week when we were talking about jim henson he was like i'm done with i'm done with the muppet show i'm i'm letting my co i'm letting all my employees make fraggle rock i'm just going to show up every now and then and help give conceptual ideas i'm going to go make the dark crystal it's going to look weird and creepy and it's not going to look like anything i've ever fucking made here i do i do love inside out i think it's amazing and if soul stipulated that it was within the same world as inside out being the same directors and writers I would have been happy with that, but they don't. And that's actually, I feel like it's even lazier considering it's from a company that does have a history of making all of its characters, the same squishy round face people as up and all that stuff. And it's like, what happened to, what happened to the difference between the bugs and the toys and the fish of the original first movies? Yes. Like now, it's all, now, now these people stories all while being more human and more interesting, even the creatures within their heads and emotions and souls look like the people and are losing uh, characteristics. Exactly. It, I, until we get a rated R movie that has almost porn and murder blood everywhere with the same look of the characters, we won't get a change because once Sausage someone does party. that, huh? Sausage party. <laughs> Then we're fucked. Then we're never going to get a change. <laughs> Did the humans look like the humans in Up? And... Yes. Yes. That's the whole point of Sausage Party, dude. That movie ends on an orgy. Then why the fuck isn't there a change? Oh, my God. Peter, you, you need to go watch more Borrowed Time, I think. Oh, I don't have enough. Mad. I'm going to show you Sausage Party, bro. <laughs> oh, boy. <sighs> Peter, you're in for it. Dude, so first off, I actually have... A, so on this topic, I actually have a funny Sausage Party joke. So when I started oh, working at Hopkins, uh, it was right around the time Sausage Party came out. And I remember we... Because we were, we were like the cheapo theater and we had all the grandparents taking little kids and little kids would see... The poster for Sausage Party we have, and it's like, I want to go see the hot dog movie. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, little kids. About so, like six year old kids. Oh, my God. So, sex and atheism and violence. That's it. So, so, so Loki, so, Loki we, we definitely had to tell them it's rated R. Like, we didn't sell that ticket to them. We said, it's rated R. We want you to know this. And the grandparents would look at the kids and they say, absolutely not. <laughs> Good parents. Good grandparents. Yeah. Yeah. When we did our review for school in our uh, videography and directing class, um, we literally... So we did Sausage Party. Oh, God. Um, And literally how the writers and the talent framed it, they 
introduced it like it was an ASPCA ad. <laughs> so like it's very somber and serious and like they're like guys this movie's no joke. This is not for kids. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> Seriously. Cuz because it looks so much like a kids movie. It's not they not they made it as close as possible so they have to have like dead serious faces because that movie it isn't just about sex and violence, and it isn't just a Seth Rogen movie. The theme of the movie is atheism. That's also, it. Also, I'm looking at the Blu-ray right now. There's literally, like, on the front of it, there's a big thing that says, Rated R. <laughs> oh, it's it's bad. It's I genuinely love it, but it also has an even more production history, as in they didn't pay half their animators. Yeah. It's... Wow. Yeah, it's an interesting story, but I I do like that movie. It's fucked up, but I love it. It is, but it is exactly what you're talking about, Peter. What you are talking about is Sausage Party. It's as dirty of a good-looking Pixar kids DreamWorks movie as if there's ever going to be one. Perfect. The end of my point is, for example, Into the Spider-Verse. They kind go. of, they kind of have that same squishy type look they look a little they have harder edges but you also have the 2d animations on top of the 3d animations and you have all of these little these little things that are just microscopically different than any other little uh animated or just animated movie but when you add all those little things up it is completely different and it is just as easy for fucking Disney of all studios to do that. But they just go back to the same fucking look. I'm just, I, I went on Netflix and I just was, I was about to look up animation and there's this thing called, um, Michelle versus the machine. Oh, yeah, the, I hear the, it's really oh the Mitchells versus the machines. I've been meaning. I to actually watch hear that. it's really good. I actually hear it's very good. I'm just Lord looking Miller. at the, the animation style of this and it and it looks better than half of the Disney movies that I've seen in the last 10 years. I was actually going to suggest we might watch that as well because perfect. You love animation and I'm very excited to hear about that. Apparently it's oh, about this one. I literally saw wait, 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 exactly. time. Zach, hold, hold on. Let me say this, Peter, it's about filmmaking and dinosaurs. Oh my God. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I I actually saw trailer to Mitchell's in the Machine like I don't even remember like 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 two or three days ago and I I saw I was like this looks so interesting I didn't know what it was too and now I'm I'm like on Netflix and I see it up front I'm like oh my god I want to watch this now Twitter is blowing up about it a lot of reviewers have already seen it and can't wait to talk about it I'm hearing a lot of good things it's live now another part of my point. Uh, love death and robots. You get a, an That's entire season. Love love death and robots. You get an entire season of a fucking show that is different every episode. Disney hasn't done that in the last in the last five fucking years, and this show did it every episode of their season. Yeah, it's so good. I'm mean, interested to see how they do how they like Marvel is obviously <coughs> Marvel is obviously the most popular product. It is the thing that gets the most eyes. They have an opportunity to make something with animation in a, in a medium that grew from comics in the first place. What do you guys think about what you've seen from Marvel's What If so far? 
They have well, zombies. I'm, I'm in the animation. Sorry? I'm in the Of course they have zombies. Oh. I'm awesome. That's awesome. I'm in the animation. I haven't watched it. It's really glossy. Mm. You know? Yeah. Like, uh, I, I, it's like glossy like a donut. Yeah, it it's very... <laughs> glazy. It, yeah, kind of glazy. That's what I was going to say. It looks glazy. I, Same thing. I... <laughs> I'd say that's what they put on donuts. It's called. From a personal I know, I know. Okay. Anyway, go ahead, Zach. I just wanted to know that I worked in a bakery. <laughs> okay. From a, from a personal standpoint, I appreciate uh, a show like Love, Death, and Robots a lot more, just because each um, each episode is a different animation style. No two episodes look the same, which is great. Um, and I and I would hope and I hope that Marvel's What If kind of goes the same same path where no two episodes are the same both visually and uh, design wise, but that doesn't look to be the case. It looks like everything kind of looks the same a little bit, um, which bothers me. But the animation looks cool; like it's it's very unique in how it's doing it by comparison. Um, but I don't know, like, I'm also of the opinion that if you want to watch, like, really cool indie stuff, you should just go watch Love, Death, and Robots. It looks so cool. Right. It, it, it's, I, I've I have, proven it, my point enough. It just, it's yeah. lazy. And it's fucking disappointing, because it's a Disney movie. And, the, like, the fact that they're that lazy is, it is sad. It is just straight up sad. Yes. I... I, I again, I Chris, I I know you're thirsty for all things indie. Go see Love, Death, and Robots. I I literally like. There's some out there episodes, but dude, like, d- just just hold with them, and you'll be rewarded because everything's unique and everything's interesting. Everything yeah, you can watch them all out of order because it doesn't matter. Yeah, like I think the first episode is so much fun. Three robots. <laughs> Three the, robots. The, the animation for for. Uh, the what if series marvel what if series does look cool and it's not yeah. like it kind of has the same look as into the spider-verse but if it were two-dimensional which is still that's still a difference between the two like it's not we haven't seen something like this in a while i have seen stuff like this before in fact it was an old spider-man series and it had this exact same look but good on them for literally doing anything different good for them if i had that amount of fucking money if any of us had that amount of fucking money i'd be like why are we making this look like the previous movie who cares i like that's actually gotten me like thinking it's just like well like yeah like obviously they could spice things up but like one it's a style people like it it is what it is watch the other movie then <laughs> okay but like another uh, thing is like walkers. uh really chris go 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 see like I, you know what i'm backing out i'm backing out i was gonna make a point but you know what i'm I'll backing out kill you. Back. i'll fucking kill you i'll kill you no go ahead man i don't that's fine um but i was just i just had a, like a random thought it's like okay of all, like all Disney movies look the same. All Disney animated movies pretty much look the same from, say, Incredibles onward. Mm. Onward, yeah, onward was one of them. 
Um, Zootopia. Um, I was thinking of exceptions, but like, no, that's what well, that wasn't the point I was making. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it was kind of like I was thinking, okay, I don't necessarily have a problem with it because like this is gonna sound so stupid and you guys are just gonna trash me for this um but like all like but that's kind of like live action movies where you can't really like um like all humans look the same that's totally different <laughs> like they're all made of the same structure essentially <laughs> <laughs> but in animation, you can like it, change that Chris. to make the women even more curvy, like they like all the <laughs> middle-aged moms curvy, you know, God, like yes. as curvy as you want them to, like massive hips. Okay, <laughs> no, not like, possible through that. reality or science of any kind, but you know. But animation's a completely different medium. That's what that's that see, I talked myself out of stuff. So like that's what I was thinking. It's like right. It's kind of like that. But like it's different. You can change it if you wanted to. They just don't want to because if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Oh, but then it's boring. Like But it ain't if, broke. If you They're not eat, broke. Oh my god, but like it's like eating the same thing over and over and over again. I do that. I go in spurts with my favorite foods. Right now it's been um, it's been wrapped. So instead of making a sandwich, I instead just put all those ingredients in a tortilla and I wrap it up. Do you eat wraps and spit rhymes? I do, and it's gotten old. And I've been doing it for two or three months now. And I'm like, Jesus, I like it's still good. It's not like it's bad, but I just want something else now. Where's the Peter <laughs> Theater rap album? It's coming. Oh, we- we just have to compile everything. Honestly, we have all the sound bites. You could probably put an album together. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, uh, we could probably put a SoundCloud album together. Uh, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But I would say um, I've, I've lost my point because now I'm thinking of us as rappers. <laughs> don't rap. That's coming from me. I don't know what you're saying, man. I better, better join the clue. Cl- I'm not. I'm not. Whoa. <laughs> I'm gonna, oh not gonna finish oh. that one. I think I'm just gonna let that. Uh, I think I'll just write that down. So I'll write that down. I'll, I'll workshop it. I'll oh, workshop don't write it. that down. Don't write that down. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, uh, no. Here's my point, Peter. What you're talking about, Peter, is the the same thing that's been said all the time, which is the more money you throw it at something, like the more money you throw it at, the more voices get involved. The more cooks are in the kitchen, the more studio execs who aren't creative people, their execs come in and they're like, yeah, 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 that looks great. But you know what looks really great? The thing that made us money last time. Do that. And then they walk away. And that's like, that's, that's, do you know what I find even more interesting? They literally made a movie about this. They made a movie starring, starring Emma Thompson and Tom Hanks called Saving Mr. Banks about fucking Tom Hanks is Walt Disney going to the woman who wrote Mary Poppins, a strict independent creative who didn't like the homogenization of uh, Disney products. And the whole movie is about him convincing her to sell her product. Do you know what happened in real life? The process was not as whimsical as that. I'll tell you that much. So yeah, Disney, Disney has a way of doing this and even controlling the narrative in the process. Um, Anyway, but do do they? But here's the thing: I do think that there are things that Disney does 
Well, but the problem yes, is there's that, always like, exceptions. There's exceptions to everything. But there are times they also are lenient. Kevin Feige is a prime example of someone who d- follows that route, sees the mistakes he makes, and then goes back to the creatives and says, I fucked up. I fucked up big. What do you want to do? It's exactly why Natalie Portman is coming back for Thor. She wanted Patty Jenkins to make the second movie. And he was like, no, 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 no. I'm going to have some Game of Thrones director do it. A guy who had never made a movie ever. And Patty Jenkins not getting the spot. Natalie Portman decided to not come back to the series. When the second one failed miserably on the, on those standards. They uh, And Taika Waititi came in. They told Taika this. And he was like, well, why don't I just sit down to her and apologize? And Kevin Feige was like, yes. If you can convince her to come back, and he's like, how can I do that? And he said, ask her what she wants. And that's the way it's been. The, the, the problems that Edward Norton had with the company were early on when they were working with Paramount and things were still in creation. Also, Edward Norton lets a lot of creativity uh, in his products. He likes to write the scripts or have some writing credit in every script that he works on in every movie that he acts in. So he already had complications to begin with. But outside of that, they've pretty much mea culpa to everything that they've done so far. Whereas DC has screwed a lot of people, but from the get-go been like, make your vision. But then when people don't like it, DC is going to be like, well, we never supported that vision or we do support your vision. Then go behind their back. So it's, it's sometimes we get a guardians of the galaxy and sometimes we lose an Ant-Man by Edgar Wright. <laughs> yeah. Do better, please. Stop being stupid old men, crusty old white men. Sick of them. I will say this, though, to your to your Spider-Man point, which is that, yes, there are elements in um, multiverse that uh, that have squishy faces, sort of. But there is more creativity and ingenuity and ingenuitive and forward thinking and pushing the boundaries of animation in that film than the last four fucking Pixar movies. Period. Exactly. In, in animation alone, not just story, animation. Right, there's, no, exactly. Eight different styles in that one movie alone. And it just shows what you can do. And yes, Disney is just trying to do what they can, doing what they can to not push what makes them money. And then just maybe push a little bit. That's why Soul didn't impress me so much. When the story isn't as impressive as the style isn't as impressive, then that, that did bother me. I haven't even seen Onward. And I haven't really been excited for one in a bit. but. Wolfwalkers excites me. Yeah, the uh, the last, I mean, besides Toy Story, which is just kind of feeding the nostalgia bone, you know, or the st- nostalgia stomach, not bone. Bones don't eat. Uh, like, uh, what was, what the hell was that dinosaur movie called? Good Dinosaur. Good Dino. Yeah, the Good Dinosaur. The Good Dinosaur. I was really excited for that because I was like, oh my god, it's a dinosaur, but it also looked exactly like the last pixar movie and the one before that but they had a lot of different types of things like that movie really amplified um nature and there would just be shots in that movie where you you literally could not tell if you were if you were not watching this movie and you just showed that clip to someone they'd be like yeah what about it they wouldn't even know that it was animation it looked that good so it has those small things but then it just stopped changing it stopped doing those small um, step ups from the previous movie because they had already gotten to that point. Well, we already made it look hyper realistic. Let's make an Incredibles movie where you can see every thread on their shirt. Yeah. There's a part of me that like doesn't really care about ever watching the good dinosaur or onward 
or some or some of those Pixar movies, but I'd gladly go back to Madagascar three just because that's a goofy, weird, odd-looking movie that can be beautiful at times. Doesn't matter how weird the story is or lazy or goofy the jokes are. That's actually an interesting-looking animals because that's not how animals look. That's not how the world really looked. They took the time to create something weird. Yeah, they put a style to it. See. Yeah. Anyway, anyway uh, that's it. Uh, oh, so, so talking what about what are you doing in my swamp? Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so talking about movies with no style. Why don't we move on to the? Uh, I haven't gone yet. What? Nice what? try. Zach. What did what you? What, what did you watch? I uh, no, I just watched more uh, Dark Side of the Ring. Um, oh, nice. So. Like, there was another episode on the uh, tragedy of the Von Erich family. It's a lot of, like, uh, gnarly stuff. Like, the mo- probably the most prominent wrestling family of, like, the, l- m- like, the mid-80s to the early 90s. And in the span of three years, there would only be one of them. Whoa. Like, there was the dad and the four boys. Um... One died of a um, colon disease that oh. was undiagnosed. Um, one died of an overdose. <clears throat> and one of them, um, I think, no. No, there were five. There were five of them. But, like, four of them wrestled the first. Oh, yeah, anyway. But, um... Colon disease, overdose. Uh, I think it was one killed himself because they had brittle bones disease and they couldn't like oh. fill in the void. And then the other killed himself because he was so scared of letting his dad down because he had a court date where he was most likely going to get indicted. And he was working for WWF at the time. Oh my God, that is horrible. And then the dad died of leukemia. Oh. Was the wife, mom involved in their lives? No, she left, like, <laughs> when the third boy died. Oh, my God. Um, that was, like, in the span... I think the boys died in the span of, like, three years. That is so fucked up. So now it's just one of them, Kevin Von Erich, and he lives in Hawaii. And he's completely isolated in a nice house just in a, like a nice forest environment. Like his family's already growing back, you know, like he's got two boys and they have kids. Like he's living the happiest life he can. Good. That's, that's really good. I would expect nothing less from someone who went through all of that. It was just tough like, for him to get to the interview too. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to fucking a, move to Hawaii. Bye. But on a somewhat lighter note, they released their, uh, their first episode of the new season, um, on YouTube. Um, it is the, uh, it is, it's a two-parter, but they released part, only part one as a tease for their premiere on, uh, May 6th. Um, it is about Brian Pillman, the loose cannon. And, um, so, and first part was actually hilarious. Cause like this guy, it was like, he played an insane person. And then he slowly became insane (laughs) because he, okay. Because like, okay. 
First off, he could not control himself. This dude did not wear any protection. He had like four what? kids across three women. Oh my god. Like he just like until he finally settled on one. <laughs> and then like he would later pass away. But there's a funny story that he did. So like uh WCW and WWF were almost at the peak of their like of the Monday Night War as it's called. Um and so Brian Pillman was like I don't want to be like an odd man out. So he like hooks up with like he asks his um old strength and conditioning coach when he was with the Cincinnati Bengals football team. And he's like, dude, you got to like take advantage of this. Like if you like somehow push the if you could somehow push the boundaries and do stuff that like nobody's seen or done like they're gonna like like if you like find a way to get yourself over um to make yourself like more popular like they're gonna bid for you and that's and that's like that's gonna work out in your favor like six or seven figures like so He's at odds with WCW, who he's working for at the time. And, like, um, so he didn't like the booker. He openly disrespected and acknowledged that Kevin Sullivan, who was the uh, matchmaker at the time, whom he was wrestling, like, mid-match, he's like, I respect you, booker man, throws the mic down and leaves the building. Um, Openly, (laughs) like, exposed the business. So, like, because he's mad at Kevin Sullivan. So, like, he's done this crazy thing and he's like apparently talking to Eric Bischoff so like the angle the storyline called for that he would get fired but then he's like so that he convinces <laughs> this is going to be funny I promise this is going to be a good payoff so he convinces fine. Eric Bischoff <laughs> who's pretty much the executive producer at WCW he's like dude you have to send me like legit release papers so like people will believe that I legit got released and Eric Bischoff did that. And so oh <laughs> Brian Pillman used those release papers to get out of his contract with WCW so he could go to WWF. Holy shit. That's ingenious. That is the biggest weasel I've ever heard of. <laughs> That's <laughs> fucking crazy. <laughs> That's ballsy. <laughs> that is so... So let me, uh, actually, let me back up. Like, he went to ECW, which is, like, this underground movement in hardcore wrestling where they just use, like, trash and, like, random, like, objects and hit each other with them as hard as they can. But, um, going through furniture, the whole shebang. Um, but he went there to, like, really go crazy. Then he, then WWF offered him more money than WCW did, and he went over there. Oh. So his plan kind of worked, but he was trying to get more over because apparently because pe- apparently according to people who were close to him, his heart was always in WCW. He just didn't like who was running it at the time. Um, and Eric Bischoff completely like denies getting completely worked. He's like, I let him go. He's like, what? I let him go. It's like, of course you did. Of course you did. Right. I right. wasn't scared at all. 
He's he, apparently he told me he's like you should go to WWF because I don't have what you're looking for here. I was like, I can't afford you, so you should go over there. And I was like, no, you didn't. Come on. <laughs> you're totally trying to look out for yourself. Like, it's way funnier. It's way funnier if it's real. If he legit got worked. <laughs> he totally did. He totally did. Anyway. Like, such a weaselly thing to do. That's but that's so impressively. That's just so impressive. That's crazy. That way, the three child support checks he has to he has to write out could all be fulfilled. You know, Jesus, God, it was just like when I heard that, I was like, okay, this is awesome. <laughs> like that was actually kind of a baller move. Like that's a pro <laughs> gamer move. Like pro gamer move. <laughs> totally game this game the system took it took advantage of the entire Monday Night War and was just like, okay. Wow. I'm going to do something crazy in one company that's going to get me like um, fake fired, but I'm going to get real release, release papers so I can use those to get out of my contract so I can go somewhere else, do even more crazy stuff. Then the competitor offers me more money. I wrestle for them. And then eventually I come back to WCW. So then I, because my, because that's where home is where the heart is. <laughs> That's like saying that's like acting in a movie where you play like a royalty and then just like absolute stealing the wardrobe and everything and then just living your life as a royalty and then eventually being accepted into royalty. Right. So the unfortunate thing is the unfortunate thing is he never made it back to WCW because he died um when he was under contract for WWF. So mm. So it's standard, like, yeah, standard operating procedure, right? Uh, <laughs> um, but like, yeah, I just thought that was such a crazy story. Like, guys, Dark Side of the Ring is like a great docu series. Like, I You've can't convince me, enough. man. You've convinced me. Like, man, yeah. it's, it was. <laughs> it was. People are crazy, dude. People are. People in wrestling, like, okay, re here's what I wanted to say. Here's the point that I wanted to make. Wrestling yeah, is better than the things you like, whether or not, like, it's in the ring or outside of it. Well, I, the drama I, on both sides could be very compelling. Here's, I, here's the thing. Wrestling, wrestling can suck you in like any good soap opera. It's it's very consistent. There's more than one episode a week. A lot of the people cross over. There's always something going on. There's a good guy. There's a bad guy. Someone to hate. You can get into wrestling like any soap opera and then eat up a bunch of episodes and a bunch of storylines and then kind of pop out for a bit. And it really is athletes trying to act. The problem I have that is so that is very compelling is how fucking crazy the world behind the scenes is like it's just people acting in a ring in a fight and fake fighting we all know it's fake and yet there's some fucked up shit going to behind the scenes man it's crazy it's it and it is compelling it's like it's game of thrones compelling but it's also <laughs> it, these are real people in real lives and it's fucked up yeah it's crazy also, it's crazy. Man is just a total asshole. It probably yeah. The Owen Hart episode they did, man. Ooh. Like, to be honest, I think like, I I think like uh, Stephanie McMahon should try to wrestle control of it from Vince. 
like on a no, legal. No, like she's not much better. Trust me, she's not much better. Well, she's not much better, but I would imagine that she would run it much better than he would. Philanthropy is the future of business. I think is what she retweeted. I don't know. Well, planted. How's that bad? How's that bad? No way. It was something. No, it was something. There was an, in the future. There was a tweet. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. No, 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 no. Hold on. There was a um. There was a uh, tweet that she had made that she had retweeted. Um, that said something like, "If you want to make good business, you need to lie to people." Which is basically like the I don't. Like, oh, that's on. the opposite of philanthropy. That's awful. Okay, that's so like, hold on. What was that? Tw- ah, I gotta find that tweet. I'm like, sure she's a QAnon toting like psychopath and all that, just like her father. But oh like- no. So okay, so no, she quoted. She she kind of made a quote, but like, she basically said, uh, "Philanthropy is the future of marketing. It's the way brands are going to win." That's not a and people apparently rub, were rubbed the wrong way. Say that again. Philanthropy, so, is, the, is, philanthropy the, is the future of marketing. It's the way brands are going to win. That's the quote she shared on Twitter. That, and that, and people got rubbed the wrong way from that. So yeah, they should. They yeah, should. It could be. Like that saying, is a, that's like saying uh, companies should give to charities to sell you more shit. No, yeah. you should give your money to charities because charities need your money. Don't don't give your money to charity so that you make more money than the charities you should be giving it to. Amazon has way more money than any. Jeff Bezos has more money in the world. He should just be giving it to charity, not giving it to them so that they could sell him more shit. That's that's crazy. Yeah, that's Stephanie McMahon. What, what's what's your fault? <laughs> that's a you want. <laughs> I okay, uh, anyway, but I, think- I don't think that's just her idea. I think that's other people's idea in in the realm of companies and, and, and yeah. I, I guess, rich that, that, Chris, Chris, to be honest, that's something that Disney and star Wars do too. Like, let's be honest. They don't send Chadwick Boseman to children's hospital and shit just to say, we're going to do it. No, they do it because they want to sell black Panther shit, dude. Let's be honest. Yes. That's why I got off Twitter because not, I can't enjoy anything. Like right. seriously, it's like, that, oh, that's nice. Oh, they're just trying to sell me shit. Okay, never mind. I shouldn't. I shouldn't be glad at that. I shouldn't be happy. I that, should not be happy at all. It's, I think it's that's a, Zach's whole entire goal on the show is to make sure a, I'm not happy. You no. know, like I'm just calling it out right now. Like right. I'll just call it out right now. It's 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 a it's it's a really not good take, but it's a realist take, which is unfortunate. It it is the reality of the world we live in, and that's the unfortunate thing. I can't enjoy anything. I just can't. Well, I mean, you, I screw Marvel, I, screw Star Wars. Like it's all business. Well, they're no, I don't. Think, I think, they're not I out think here to entertain me. Chris, thank you, Zach. You just massive... freaking gave me a mood swing. Thanks. Are you happy first now? All, first of all, Chris, there is a huge difference between <sighs> the huge difference between Star Wars and Disney between the WWF for the sheer fact that there isn't a uh, look. If you want to compare them, Hollywood in general is a disgusting place that does disgusting things to make shit that we love. And I have to rule with that every time I watch something, especially when I watch all movies that have been around, especially around when, when women weren't treated well at all, terribly. And like, that's not even just women, but black people, everything. Like, the, the business of film is rife with filth. It is. 
but it still produces things we love that can inspire things. I'm not saying that you can't love Star Wars and all that stuff, and, and like it's bought by Disney. Disney is a corporation trying to study things. But there's a big difference between Disney and Star Wars and the WWF. As you said yeah. yourself, like the WWF is run by Vince McMahon. He's a fucked up dude. He always has been. And you've had to rule with that as you watch wrestling. And you enjoy it. A lot of people do. There's nothing wrong with that. But I like... Haven't, I haven't watched WWE in so long. <laughs> he has a huge, huge swing in wrestling the world in general. Not just WWE, but in general. He's the king of it, man. He really is. So like any sway of any other place really has to deal with him. And that that's part of the rule of wrestling. All, all, everything that it is has been shaped by him. And that's not to say that you like him or that he's the reason you're watching it, but that's an aspect that is part of it. Um, but it's nothing. You can't compare that to Disney and Star Wars. I think that's a little unfair, Zach. Like Disney is crap, but Star Wars is not. Star Wars was George Lucas farting around until he realized he could make money. And then he did. And then he's like, now I want to make green screen movies. And he just kind of made three, two bad ones. Then he made a good one. And then he backed out altogether. And apparently he's just making movies in his home for no money. But Star Wars itself is now a Disney property. Yes. But like Ryan Johnson tried to make something different. And, and JJ uh, Abrams tried to just set things up apparently right. But Disney is the one that stepped in and made a bad decision on that last movie. But people like Rogue One. That 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 is a that is a uh, a lot of decisions that had to be made for something to be right. That scared them, which is why Lord and Miller were taken out of uh, Solo. There's a lot of things that they have to like spin plates on while they're also doing really well with Marvel. So like they're not they're not killing people and they're not creating you know they're not picking off families one by one. They're not <laughs> they're not doing it that we know of at least. And and I, I guess the 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 comparison I made wasn't in, intentionally like it was more in direction of like Stephanie McMahon's tweet more than the 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 ch the choice of culture that WWE and WWF chose to run. It's more of Ste Stephanie McMahon's tweet makes sense because she's just stating what the truth of Hollywood is, which is that philanthropy is just a way for to market. That that's what I guess my comment was more meant for, which is which is true. I'm not saying that that tweet is 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 justified. It's certainly not, and it's certainly does Bob, not. Does Bob Iger believe that? Yes. Does Kevin yeah. Feige? No. I think Kevin Feige believes. Difference. Yeah. I think Kevin Feige believes that truthfully, but that's. I think Kevin Feige is also smart enough not to say it in a public forum, though. But that's my personal opinion. I have a giant mood swing now. Let's uh, let's go to Birdemic. Let's so, talk about Birdemic, guys. What? So uh, wait, wait, wait. So so guys, how, no, how you wait, do it? how you wait. do it? Play it, Chris. Play it. I want to talk about your mood swing. Yeah, I don't Chris, think I anything is going to interrupt swing. me right now from talking about your fucking mood swing. I yeah. don't want one. This has to be an act of God that's going to stop me. Yeah. From talking about God your mood himself. Swing. Uh, guys, guys, guys. Yes. What, what, I'm seeing, what I'm seeing? What am I seeing? Is it an act of God? Let's go no, the birds. What? The birds. Huh? The, fuck? the fucking birds! Oh my god! Oh, oh god! Oh my god! Oh, oh, oh. Ah, the indoors. Ah. No, Chris, you're not saving the indoors. Ow! Ow! That's why I got bulletproof windows. 
Oh my gosh! Okay, I picked up my phone. Okay, it's ow! It's an ow! They dead yet? Kind of just hanging there. Anyway. Ow! Oh, they're, oh, they're gone. Oh ow. wow! They all just. Ow! Did they just disappear? What happened? I don't know, man. They didn't they found the food. The <laughs> they found the food. Are you guys okay out there? Uh, they there's found a the bunch food. of like seagulls or eagles or I don't know. They, they're birds. It was an epidemic, man. They found the food. A bird demic. Yeah, shock and terror, man. In my butthole. Oh, sorry. A bird flew in my mouth. Oh. Oh. Just. No, that was me throwing one of the birds from my tree in your mouth. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Because I keep food in my bottle. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, guys! They they kept going for just my throat, nothing else, but just my. Sometimes, sometimes Wait, you my got something eye. on your cheek too. Ooh, well, that was there before then. <laughs> anyway, this whole bird thing. Ugh. So I guess birds can contract the uh, Rona. They can also explode <laughs> into orange juice and be acid. <laughs> I don't know if that was a reference, but I'm just going to pretend that it was. <laughs> I don't think that it was acid. I think that it was just infected bird disease that because they didn't melt, but it did kill them very quickly. No, but like, no, they no what I just thought bird. was that instead, like, and they <laughs> I thought it, when that happened in the movie, I thought it was like, no, now that I think about it, I thought it was just like a bunch of crushed eggs that they just shat out. So, so, so. <laughs> like a mass bird miscarriage. So, so, so Chris. poured on these poor actors like what was because, that because like it's all yellow and you would yeah, associate yellow with egg yolk not <laughs> with bird poop bird poop you're is not yellow you're way no, way. those birds were diseased with something i don't know if they drank a lot of orange juice or they just crushed up their eggs in their own holes and pooped have... them out yeah <laughs> so, so, so funny massive bird <laughs> miscarriage so <laughs> <laughs> So, so, Chris, should we should we find out? Oh, hold on, that's my let me favorite metal band, Massive Bird Miscarriage. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> you should. You guys should do um, a uh, Buttercast episode where that's the title. Massive Bird Miscarriage. <laughs> I thought that's what that was. They just crushed eggs and then they just shat them on. Them. Oh. The actors. They puked. They just puked. All the all the birds did was puke. Yeah. Apparently they puked acid. Did you see how blinding they were? So, how blinded they were? But they didn't burn though. I did it burn? Because like no they else. didn't have the. Uh, they had. They had. Is that what that was on their cheeks? No, no. It blinded. It blinded their eyes, and then the birds attacked them. I don't know. Okay. Really? So. 
Hold on. Okay, let me breathe. Okay. The thing is, they not, the skin is not burnt. It is attacked by birds. So, but the 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 what he's what they spit on them does do something that like debilitates and kills them. They are coughing and stuff. They are blinded by it. But yeah. the they are also attacked. All the wounds that are physical are actual attacks. While the get the vomit stuff does do more than just blind it's them. Like, I know it's that. burning. It's, them. it's burning their skin. <clears throat> but it does, but it doesn't physically burn them. So, like, I don't know if it's acid. All I know is that right before that scene happens, literally right before that scene happens, they meet the guy who's like, "Don't come near these infected bird flu, bird flu birds." So I'm like, "Oh, they're sick." So that's the best thing because they're not supernatural. They're not producing acid. They are responding to a disease that's caused by natural. Because, like, guys, the message in this movie uh, is important. Okay, well, super so- important message. Chris, before we, or before we get too deep oh, into that, I, I think Alex needs to tell us a little bit about this movie. Who is this guy? James Nigan? Win! Pronounced Win! James Win. James yes. Win? He's Vietnamese. I know a guy <laughs> who has that same last name. He pronounces it as Win. Win, yes. Yes. Uh, so, so James Nigen. James Win. So go ahead and ask me, Chris. Huh? What are you doing? I'm Alex, kidding. who's James Nguyen? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, who well, is? Again, who is this guy? Since you asked. <laughs> well, first of all, this guy uh, was born in Vietnam, and his family left right around the fall of Saigon. He came to America, studied, and first got into uh, selling uh, technologies, he says it, just tech- like software in the early 90s in Silicon Valley. Yeah, a lot a of lot. money. It, he never he loved film growing up though he loved Hitchcock huge Hitchcock fan loved the birds and he loved Vertigo yeah loved the birds <laughs> uh, he picked up a camera in 1999 really late to the game never went to any film school or anything and um, he just decided to make stuff because nobody was behind his ideas so he just started making stuff <laughs> and he made a short film call uh, about two people falling in love. And then he made basically a remake of Vertigo that's called Replicas, and it's science fiction. It wasn't released until 2017, and I did not know that. And Rift Tracks has already done one, and that's on 2B, so I'm probably going to watch that later. I didn't know that existed until now, um, but I really want to watch it. Uh, he wouldn't get big until this came out in 2010, uh, and then he would make the sequel in 2013. But basically, he just wanted to make a movie, and he funded it on his own for $10,000. This movie Holy is $10,000. Uh, you can make a movie just like Birdemic hmm. with what you probably uh, have in your pocket. You, uh, you could make a movie better than Birdemic than this because this – he made this in a – like between 2000 – it took seven months to shoot. but it took, Yes, dude. It took seven months to shoot. Come because here's on, the thing. Dude. Here's, here's the thing. Um, he uh, first of all, he went, okay. So most of was not known about how this movie was made because when the, James would go out and talk about the movie, he was mostly about he's like, well, I this is where I came from, and I really wanted to make this movie. These were my inspirations, and you know what? I got to tell you, I had a really great cast. They were really great, and and a lot of the first of all, he's not. He doesn't sound Vietnamese. It doesn't sound like he's a foreign person he's grown up in the u.s 
he just wrote that script, man. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, so um, <laughs> he, he, uh, he's like, yeah, dude, the, uh, a lot of the reason movies do well is the cast. 90% of how a movie works is the cast. And that's more, more true than anything else here because it turns out that the cast did a lot of the crew stuff because the crew was dropping like flies within two fucking weeks. So Whitney Moore, the main actress who was auditioned in the middle of a high school fucking parking lot two weeks in, did all of the makeup of all of this. So the main actress did all the wounds, did all the eye stuff, did everything. The, oh my God. It was to be fair, she did time, a good job. Most of the time it is just the uh, director and the actors and that's it. He he paid a guy to do all the special effects, and he's like, "Could you just show me what like a blueprint of what all this stuff would look like?" And the guy's like, "Sure." And he's like, "You send me stuff, I'll send you a hundred dollars." And the guy's like, "Cool." He has never gotten that a hundred dollars, and he has never heard from that director again. Uh, <laughs> um, all the music is stopped. that is very scummy. Oh, very scummy. Oh, dude, that's this a weasel move. Shit, he's a weasel as fuck. When you watch the interviews, he's like, "Yeah, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I was inspired, and I did this movie, and like he." truly believed in the message and all this stuff and Whitney Moore went on uh, the How Did This Get Made podcast with Paul Shear and Jason Manzukis mm. and Jude Diane Rayfield and Weird Al Yankovic in front of a live audience in 2013 and told a lot about how this really went. She was like we kept asking, like first of all he never gave them a full script they kept asking why is this shit going on in the movie and his only response would be it's a movie they're like what? why does this happen? Okay. It's a movie <laughs> And she would keep going. She would keep going and complaining. And eventually, he she made a complaint about one scene, and he didn't talk to her for two weeks. He had the main other actor uh, do the direction scenes. He would talk to him and then talk to her. And then Weird Al was like, "How the hell does he do the makeup? Then how does he does he talk to an actor to tell you to do the makeup for yourself? Like how does that work?" It was just completely confusing. Um, so yeah, it took seven months to make. It took a long time for this to get done. And the actors that are there committed. That's all they just felt. They just were like, we're in it. We're in the ride. They didn't know how weird it was going to turn out. But they were like, we've committed. What are you going to do? They're just nice people, really. And uh, so he gets it done and he gets it completed. And he decides to go to Sundance because nobody wants to buy it. And what does he do? He takes the van that's in the movie that they drive around. He covers it in blood and fake birds. And then he drives around Sundance. Honking the horn. <laughs> what? It's like the yeah. can story with Jesus like Christ Vampire Hunter where they had a bull crucifix. <laughs> fucking exactly. Well, this co this company sees him, Severin, and they're like, well, okay, what's your deal, dude? They look at the movie and they're like, oh my God. And he's like, yep, I made this. And they were like, wow. And they put their money together and they sat him down and they were like, look, dude. We think there's an audience for this, but it's a midnight crowd. And he's like, what? What are you talking about? And he's, they're like, no, dude, this is funny as shit. It's not the serious movie you think it is. And he's like, oh, oh, all right. <laughs> then, it's then, money. Then he took it out on the road and everyone got involved. And Whitney Moore and all the actors, they started going to midnight screenings. They went to Cinemassacre. They've been doing this for a long time. Three years later, it was on the podcast. And people were talking about it more and more. It was a huge, it was being compared to The Room. And then in 2013, they made the uh, the sequel, which to me, <clears throat> watching it while we were doing the first half of the show, I it has the look and the quality of a 
low-grade sci-fi movie channel movie. Right. Uh, and it it's basically the exact same movie where the first half is another couple falling in love where the original couple is also there. Then they all go on vacation to a Hollywood Universal Studios Park place, but it's really just a, a set that he probably maybe had for a day or maybe he could go to the amusement park and have a day to shoot because he had more money. And then they go around and birds attack and, you know, more things happen. And it's just a continuation of the same thing. There's nothing learned. A lot of the same people come back. The hippie from the tree comes back. The guy from the bridge comes back. A lot of repeated things. The birds look a little bit better. I wasn't watching it with sound design this time as we were doing it. So I don't remember how good it is, but I hear a lot of the cuts and stuff are gone. Um, He's only made one short sense and I think a big reason is he's probably kind of a weaselly dick. He sounds like kind of a dick. Kind of. <laughs> Based off of how Whitney Moore has established things, and she sounds like a sweetheart. And the other guy as well who plays Rob has gone out and talked as well. And they don't they haven't made they haven't been like he's an asshole and we don't like dealing with him or anything, because they all get together to go premiere this movie every time something happens or they go to like conventions and stuff. But they have made it clear that like he isn't really responsible for all of this stuff. He's responsible for a lot of it and it's his vision and stuff. But the only reason it exists is because nobody left. Every was because people decided to stay. That's pretty much it. Um, but since then, yeah, this is a, this has been gone on to be compared to the room. It's one of the top best ones. I think the second one loses a lot of the magic though. Has a lot of funny moments. This one is way more, funny consistently throughout the other one just knows it's a joke and that doesn't help uh and yeah i that's that's birdemic it's 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 a it's a pile of something it's banned in blood <laughs> it's funny it you you watch it because it's it's just right you watch it for the ride not for anything else chris what'd you think I haven't felt like this since freaking Surfer. Oh my god! Oh, as much as Surfer, I haven't. I have not seen any like Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter. Like that was intent. Like they knew better. They they the guy knew he needed to dub. Right, yeah. Yeah. he needed to do a dub. As <laughs> terrible as it is. This guy. <laughs> no dub. No dub. All true. on set camera audio. That is a sin. Ugh. Speaking You're of the audio, school. they that had to hold the microphone. Sin. So, 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 Chris, I, I just want to say one thing to you. Okay. Quick, because I got a lot of thoughts. You're, you're, you're very welcome for this suggestion from me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was done with like low budget <laughs> crap. Oh that's man! That's oh, all. that was. But that, that was just like it just the... took it to another level. <laughs> do, do I not know how to pick them, Chris? <laughs> no, I'm Here's like. Thing. You know, no, no, no. Hold on, Alex. You know what, Zach? Thank you. You're welcome. I am 100 sick of you getting your picks. <laughs> but that was great. <laughs> Oh, Chris, I just, 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 just trust that if it's a, it's a choice of mine, it's probably going to be really fun in some way. <laughs> so I, I, I find it, 
I would say I, I I'm I'm glad that you love this as much as Surfer because Surfer was a great experience with a group of people and you got to do this one I'm assuming by yourself. Yes. I was ho- I was afraid you were gonna get a love on a leash stage where it is an amazing ride, but also there I don't this one is actually kind of I don't know which one I like more love on a leash or this. There's this. something about. The- that still made me laugh more. I think Love on a Leash is just batshit insane, though. The choice, the, the David Lynch level choices of that are so crazy. But here, it's just there's something magical about how funny this thing is, and I think a lot of it has to do with the actors. A lot of the actors' deliveries and performances are so funny. The mm. main actor is so watchable, and yet Rob is such a fucking robot. I love the guy who plays Rick. Oh my god, the guy who plays Rick. <laughs> just the hippie at the end. He's like, "We gotta save this earth." Oops, uh, uh, I hear a mountain lion. Gotta go, guys. It's just, it's amazing. <laughs> the little kids that are just fucking assholes and hungry. God, this movie is amazing. Nobody wants to be there. It's so funny. So, go ahead. Like when I knew, like I would, like okay, I got like half an hour in. When the line, she's my hot Ferrari, was honored. I knew, I was like, right then, I was like, I'm in. Like, you don't drop that, like, see, like, oh my god. Oh, like, just, uh, like, (laughs) that is such a line. It defies all reality and all existence. Like, it's... (laughs) It just breaks everything. I am um, Chris. I am so happy you love this movie. So and, and then <laughs> no, and then the, I think the moment where I absolutely just broke, where this movie finally broke me, was when they went to the gas station. The guys talking to the cashier <laughs> as the bird apocalypse, if you will, is happening right outside. <laughs> the whole world is succumbing to this entire plague of birds coming down and. Blowing up houses somehow, and this kamikaze <laughs> bird. <laughs> so this guy is like, this guy, this cashier is just like, well, because, well, because of the uh, so this dude Rod, he no, yeah, Rod. um, he's like, dude, there's a bunch of birds attack. Like for like forty five minutes, there have been there's been a bird attack, and so he's like, he goes to the cashier, he's like, birds. You okay, Chris? <laughs> and so he asks. Him, I'm sorry. <laughs> and he goes in and he asks him. A bunch of birds just attacked us. Do you have a phone where we can call the police? <laughs> like that's gonna help. <laughs> God damn it! And so the guy's like, "Well, because of the birds, like the phones have been cut." <laughs> It's like, well, can we get some gas? It's like, well, okay, can we get some gas? He's like, okay, well, because of the birds, like, all all my fuel is like, I'm really short on fuel, so it's a hundred dollars per gallon. Dude, just that quickly. (laughs) No, in the same day. I'm not done freaking out. Hold on, Peter, please stay with me. (laughs) Like. I so like and then he's like what that's a ripoff even though we had established in earlier in the movie that he is essentially rich 
Okay, he's got the dough. <laughs> right. So that should not be the problem here. Okay, the problem is that there's a cashier there in the first place. The problem is that there's <laughs> stuff is still a, on a, the damn shelf. Okay. This is salesman, Chris. He knows a good deal and he hates a bad one. <laughs> and so, so he's like with the and he pays for the gas in the middle of an apocalypse. <laughs> I I just want I am This is the best movie ever made. Yep. <laughs> so 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 this is stupidity on a <laughs> biblical scale. Chris, I'm so happy you love it. I I I am. I I when when I suggested this movie originally, I knew there was a 50/50 chance if you're going to like it, and I was ho- and I knew it was never going to be That's with it- every movie though. No, okay. Here's what I equate this to. Alex, this, this must be how you have, how you felt during Ready to Rumble. No, like, no. This is crazy. No. no like, this no. is kind of like, the, it's kind of like, because I'm freaking out. So, like, so I'm Chris, legit, I'm sweating. Like, so, so it's Chris, hot in here. Chris, like, Chris, oh my God. When I suggested this, I had an inkling that either you were going to love this movie unlike any movie ever, or you were just not going to be about this at all. <laughs> I'm a broken man. <laughs> Chris, I I was the first time I saw a little bit of this. It was the opening credits, and I was like, I need to watch this. And I didn't have a group of people. I just sat alone and I watched it, and my mouth was agape the entire time. And then eventually, I just started fucking laughing. I was like, that's fucking hilarious. And then eventually, I was just sort of shocked by what was going on. And then um, again, I told you. I literally pissed my pants when the birds started dive bombing into buildings and blowing them up. They're the size of normal birds and they're blowing up buildings because of because of perspective. I, it's amazing. And I, I, I literally had to stop and go change my pants because it was fucking hilarious. And then since then, every decision after that boggled my mind. This was such a good time. And then I hadn't seen it in years. And I remember thinking that the long... The beginning credits with the cars suck, and the end credits suck. But the, the the end credits go long enough that the joke is just perfect. The first credits are really hard, and then the main character himself sucks. But then Whitney comes in, Whitney Moore, and like she's great. Not she only is she gorgeous, it. like she's genuinely really good. But then you get to his best friend and his work, and then he's like, "We made a million dollars, guys!" And then everyone starts applauding, and then his best friend starts helping him in the office. I'm like, he just let them do whatever the fuck they wanted. This is amazing. And yeah, the actors had free reign a lot of the time. It wasn't their script, but James was not changing a lot of stuff. And by the end of it, I was just, by the time the guy says mountain lion, I, my mind was blown. I had to pause the movie and I was laughing and I haven't returned to this in years. Cause the second one soured the taste and a lot of podcasts and shows were doing this. We are, no, we are late to the party on this buddy. However, this has aged just as good, especially when, yeah, global warming started a fucking pandemic that killed a lot of fucking people. Yeah. Kind of nailed that, like didn't it? fine wine. Fire, like wildfires starting at any moment. And like, there's a, I was listening to the podcast. They're like, why did the wildfire fire, why, why did the wildfire start? And for a sec, someone goes, cause birds are exploding. And he goes, no, they're exploding in the city. And I went, no, if you're in California, wildfires can just fucking start. They can just start. Next thing you know, you're in the middle of a fucking wildfire. Yep, it just happened, and I was like, "Yeah, so. yeah." So I, I, so I, I actually want to tell the story about how I first saw this movie. So, hold on, before you do, okay. let me just say, 
Also, this movie, like, this also hit really close to home with how preachy it was about global warming. Oh, my God. (laughs) Because I will tell you right now, like, Christian films that have more money in them have done this exact same thing with almost maybe the exact same result in quality. (laughs) So, um... So, so how I saw this movie the first time, so much like almost every cinematic thing I've seen, I, I saw this at college. Uh, and I told Alex this story, um, actually. So when I was in college, my first year, I lived in a, in a degree community, I think. It was like, oh, I don't even remember. But the fact of the matter is everybody on my dorm floor was a film major. And uh, the person at the head of our thing was a third year film student i think i don't remember yeah a third year film student and uh once a month or like every week or something i don't remember uh we would all sit down and we'd watch bad movies and this was the first movie they that he showed us (laughs) and boy did it it spark a a fire watching bad movies (laughs) good lord and that lasted four five years four and a half years of pretty much weekly like bad movies i watch i've seen like everything i've seen a lot of trash cinema (laughs) yeah it was it's crazy it it got hard we i think we went back to a few i think we watched um last airbender at least twice and we watched this a couple times and oh boy (laughs) it was like it was shockingly it was like like the way it's made like it just reminded me of surfer like the music was just droning and annoying like surfer the saxophone and surfer it's trash cinema at its finest ah <laughs> oh, there's, like, there's something about i think the thing that beats this over leash for me is that we discussed this during the leash episode which is that it'll hit an arc and then it'll, it'll hit all peaks of the arc. And then you feel like the movie ended and then it has another hour to go because it keeps doing that. It starts and stops. <laughs> this has a beginning and a second half and it makes the beginning. It's supposed to be like Titanic Titanic. The first half of the movie, you really push for these two people from the wrong side of the tracks, falling in love on a boat. And that's, that's hard enough as it is. Like they're on a boat. Like how are they going to get off the, how are they going to stay together until they're off at the end of the boat? And then the boat sinks and it becomes an, an action movie. That's what this is supposed to be. The birds. I've watched the original birds not too long ago. I, um, just for the fun of it, they were showing a lot of Hitchcock on TCM and, uh, they just it really early on in the movie they set up all the character dynamics and then about 20 minutes in it's like all bird shit and it's just there's no answer to it and it's all very mysterious how it happens there's the message to it a little bit but not really hardcore it's mostly about crazy imagery with birds and then throwing a, a birds at tippy hedron because alfred hitchcock was insane and a crazy crazy dude uh not a good person uh <laughs> so in this case it, it really does work because you watch the romance and it's so stupid and it's so funny and people are hanging out with their family and like when he claps during that song, it, I laugh so hard. Uh, and you're like, this is amazing. Oh, they finally had sex. And then the next morning, the birds show up and you know it's called Birdemic. And you know that bird stuff is happening in the background and global warming is happening. But like 
you don't really there's no lead up it's just the next day birds are everywhere and they don't look good at all and they nope. explode somehow it's amazing maybe they do have acid if they do explode i don't know I shouldn't even question what they're puking the moment birds turn into the size of buildings mid-flight and then blow up buildings. So I don't know what to tell I, you. I think that, like, this is like, this movie, like, crosses over with Alien and a xenomorph had, like, banged a dinosaur way back when and then evolution took its course and then this just kind of happened. It explains the the acid when they blow up. <laughs> that, yeah, no, you're right. This is actually in the alien universe, is what you're saying, right? Yeah. Well, that was that's the fun. only tie, though. That's so the this only is tie this a it. is this a prequel or is this just a sequel of some sorts? No, it's a prequel because Alien takes place like okay. centuries from. Now. Okay. No, I like this movie. Yeah. Then, yeah. Rod's like David. <laughs> you sold me, Chris. <laughs> Someone call uh, Ridley Scott and James Cameron. They got their oh my alien God. three that they wanted. If these birds were infected with the alien, like they had chest bursters coming out of them. That'd be terrifying. These birds can just quadruple in size in a frame. Can you imagine the destruction they would have yeah. if they were like half alien? Just, oh God, just oh so. God. We'd have to get also, more. <laughs> Me having watching that corridor crew video, right, had not changed my reaction to those birds. When I first no. saw the birds in the tree, yeah. I was like, "Oh, this is so." I start. I was laughing. I was like, "Oh man, I didn't like." I saw that. I saw that video, but like, I was so right. sucked up in like the context of corridor crew, where like a lot of that stuff is ridiculous. Seeing this movie on its own is just like another level. Like, no, this is real. Like, this yep. this is what they went with. It's a, it's it, it is a choice. It is a deliberate choice. <laughs> it is a choice not to pay the man who did this. It is that is all that is true. You like you get what you paid for, and he didn't pay anything, and that's what he got. Yeah, they it, oh. didn't, it didn't ruin it for me. Watching the corridor crew video, I don't even know months ago at this point, right? It's yeah, it was like been out for a, a long ago. time. They actually got Whitney Moore. Yeah, they they got oh, her yeah. on on that episode and she was all for it. She was like, fuck yeah, I get to have like this dramatic ending to the movie that I was in, you know, X amount of years ago. She, she got her, she got her conclusion to it because there's this giant Eagle at the end of their version of the movie. And she's just battling the shit. It's awesome. There's a, there's a lot of comparisons to the biggest, so bad it's goods that have become very popular and who have become like the spokespersons for them. Some of them are directors. Some of them are more than like the room is one of the most interesting because they legitimately made a movie about the relationship of the director and the co-star and how the co-star kind of became the role model or the spokesperson for every sort of screening and centerpiece and wrote a book about it. Whereas the director is sort of, this character involved and they've made other films together and it's all really interesting and stuff. Whitney Moore has really spearheaded the spokesman aspect of the show. The guy who plays Rod is a nice guy and he really is mostly acting like the director in this film. And if you watch the director's interview, yeah, he's a lot like Rob. It makes a lot of choice. It makes a lot of sense. 
the real guy the real guy is actually really a nice guy but he's just he doesn't have as much personality as Whitney Moore does he's not as goofy as she is she's not as like gung-ho and he like she just actually just has a lot of initiative in general so she's the one who spearheaded a lot of like the she's just been the most excited about all of this since the the, the choice to be a hundred and ten percent committed in every aspect of it even when the director was pissed at her she would still come and she would still right. do her thing and she still came to the sequel and if you watch the sequel she still is the one person on set who's like i get what this is so let's just like do it and i think she gets it in the sense of like he's not going to be good this isn't going to be good i've worked with him before and he's i'm just going to do what his script is but also he knows how people perceive his last film how is he going to do that? Is he going to try to make a better film? Is he just going to try and remake the jokes? Is he going to try and view it differently? I honestly urge you guys to watch the sequel and take and make up your own mind about it. Um, because he, I do think it's a mixture of both. I think he is trying to cash in on some things that people liked and then also trying to do some things better. And, and yeah, it's about the quality of a very, very, very early low-grade sci-fi show. But this one is the most charming. And I think it's because the crew or the, that stuck around or the casting crew that stuck around and mm-hmm. decided to like help him get this done. But like, there's also certain things that didn't come from them. Like James wanted to use the uh, bar that holds the coat hangers in the hotel, which by the way, the hotel was supposed to be your apartment, which we saw the exterior of. And yet we go to this hotel for them to have sex. Anyway, they didn't have sex though. Cause they kept their clothes on. I don't know what the hell happened. Dry on. No, this is so weird. Like the dude just, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And so he he wanted the bars in the hotel closet, to, but he couldn't rip them out. Of course, it's a hotel and you have to pay for that. So they use the hangers instead. Oh, it's amazing. But then you get like the fact that he meets a guy in the hotel that just happens. He's like, I left the military because I didn't like the violence. But then he goes in his car and he's got a plethora of guns. And then they just start whipping out guns and shooting birds. With infinite ammo. Gr- infinite okay. ammo. It's the greatest thing ever. Dude, it it felt like that military dude was supposed to be his best friend from earlier in the movie. And I kid you not, the same exact scene that we finally get to see his best friend again, who's dead in a car. I said to my buddy who I was watching with, I was like, where's his, are we ever going to see his best friend again? Are we ever going to see this guy? And they pull up to the car. I'm like, this better be them. This has to be them. Yeah. Oh, so glorious. And then she says in her dying breath, like, like that, forgive them. I lost my, oh, I lost my crap. Like I was yeah, this. I started wailing. Yeah. Oh my God. The, the sex scene though. I, I was trying to wrap my head around it and I was like, no. The director wanted to see the blonde chick almost nude, as nude as she could be comfortable with, but he didn't want anything to do with that guy's body. <laughs> you know what the, ironic, yeah, you know what the ironic? Now she she says that they asked her like uh, Paul Shear was like did did he want to see you guys naked? But that was that even a question? She's like no, but he did pick the, he did pick the outfits. So I was like yep, as yep. naked as possible. But then in the sequel. There is a woman in a bathing suit, but there's a camera that lingers on a guy without a shirt. Like, the guy is as equally attractive as the woman in the second one. I really honestly think 
he was trying to correct certain things. <laughs> it's so weird. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's very weird. The guy looks so much better. He has a he has a his shirt off. He's in jeans, and I was like, the, this is obviously a shot that's more about his body than hers. She's not even in fully her underwear. She has a robe on and is like laying out. And she's like, do you like what you see? But really, it's about it lingers on him. And I'm like, yeah, dude, he I think he I think he like read some like uh, audience notes or heard audience questions yeah. and talked to people. And he was like, I'm going to correct these mistakes. Oh and he does God. correct some things. But like also the more control that he has, the less I think fun that the actors are kind of having before. And then also the original actors are having a great time. Because they know what's up. And then the new actors, are some know and some don't. And it's just crazy. It's an interesting sequel. I urge you guys to watch it. Tubi. The, just, yeah, that's where I watched the first one. I got the, the ads helped a little bit. Because it was every 15 minutes uh, for the movie, it, it would go to ads. But what was completely taken away from me was the grand reveal of the birds. It went to commercial and when it came back from commercial, the birds were blowing everything up and it felt like we missed something. So mm. I was like, this is, this has got to be right. We're not missing anything. I think the ads were just poorly timed and placed into this movie. So we went back, you know, 30 seconds where it's just, it looks like he's a, he's a tourist and he's just going around to different towns and just recording and just taking videos of cool buildings because he thinks they're cool. That's what tourists do. And then all of a sudden, birds are there. And then they're just crashing into shit. So the ads themselves were nice because you get a good break from things. But they were just poorly placed. Just I, I got I Yeah, I... I um... Watched I watched the first movie for me on Prime, so I didn't have that. Um, but watching the sequel um, on mute, it did get that feeling because it would cut to the commercials, and it just you you lose some of the momentum of some of the jokes. Right, exactly. That that sucked. That really sucked. But my my friend who I was watching it with was com like complaining the entire time, and I was before we were recording, I told Alex and Zach this briefly, but he he just wasn't about the movie. And I was like, dude, you can go or you can go to the other room. Like I, I told him the day, like during the day that I had to watch this movie, it's for the podcast. And that night we watched it. So like he had all the time in the world to get the fuck out of Dodge or to just move to the other room. But he was just sticking with me to stick with me. But what didn't help is him constantly complaining or asking like can we shut it off can we change i'm like dude i like i'm i gave you all of the opportunities to just sit down with me and watch this or to just like leave go to the other room and it and it it wow. put everything into a perspective though i'm not just saying this to like call him out or anything he knows what he did piece of shit uh I'm just <laughs> i love you simon i love you uh he he gave me an interesting idea is that mindset really matters for a movie because you can watch a movie like this and know that it is bad and only think of it as bad, but then you don't appreciate the awkward silence in every single shot. Every single shot is way too long. It's like they were, they're meant yep. to be cut, but he never got around to cutting each shot. Didn't have enough coverage. 
Exactly. The little things like that or the green, the first green screen we see where they're slow dancing and it's only like five seconds. I was laughing my ass off and he was completely silent. He, in fact, was questioning why I was laughing so loud. <laughs> and and it, no, it just it made me realize that mindset truly matters for a movie, whether it's good or bad or mediocre, whatever your opinion of, of, of it is. If you're in a different environment than one that you're normally in or just one that you're alone in, the movie can be completely different. Completely different. In fact, if I watch the movie again, I actually think I will laugh more. Uh, I was going to say, tonight, my viewing experience was exceptionally better um, after coming back to it after all these years. This is... Love on a Leash is getting better for me over time because... I, I'm watching more weird stuff and the weirder there's just so many weird choices about the technical nature of this. This is a simple film beginning to end. It has an arc to one point. These two lovers fall in love and then they're in a dramatic Titanic situation. There you go. There's no other plot than that. There's a theme and a message, but nothing else. So it, it really seems like it would be perfect for a lot of gags and jokes that just sort of happened. And I'm not sure whether it was him the cheapness of it and the and the uh, cast, but it, it, the magic of everything coming together just makes this so f- funny as well as fun. And yeah, like I, I was talking to my dad last night about Last Airbender and how it was on the wheel and stuff. He's like, Last Airbender. And I was like, it's awful. It's terrible. I, I, I was embarrassed when I watched it in theaters. And he was like, why? And I was telling him about the show and and... He was like, let me see the trailer for the movie. And we watched it and he was like, I think I would like that. And I know he's seen it because it's an old movie. And right. I know if he watched it now, he wouldn't like it. I just know it. <laughs> and and he was and we got a huge argument. He's like, that trailer looks good. I'm like, that trailer is a terrible lie about what this movie is. That trailer <laughs> is for a movie that doesn't exist. And he's like, Why are you so mad about how bad this movie is? And I went, Dad, look. I like watching bad movies for two reasons. A, if it's really awful and bad, I get a lot of anger out of it. It's I'm passionate about film. Someone has insulted it. I'm going to get angry about that so I don't like get angry about my job and living with, you know, people annoying me or my car's breaking down or something like that. Whereas like or I'm so intrigued by the decisions. The decisions are as interesting. The bad decisions are as interesting as the good ones. Last Airbender is a terribly boring movie. I don't know anything about the show. I'm not going to be as angry about it as you guys are, which I told him you guys will be as angry as I've ever seen you guys, especially Peter and Chris. But like, I, mm-hmm. I, I know that's coming. And I told him I'm the least angry in that match. What I'm angry about is how fucking boring that movie is. It's a big budget live action huge movie based off an action series that people love and it's fucking a slog it is a slog to get through it's so boring and uninteresting to watch that's bad to me that's the it doesn't even feel like it dude i I thought that was a two hour long movie fuck you chris holy (laughs) shit god damn that blew my mind the perfect example of what of what happened it won't spoil the show or anything sure it's get your favorite meal okay whatever it is let's say it has seasoning on it i just ate it tonight you get the you 
you get the meal, the whole meal, and you get a couple things that you really like about it. And you change everything else, but you you keep those main components, those things that you really like, like a seasoning. But you yeah. change the rest of the food. But the seasoning that was in the show that that's in your favorite meal was really good with all the other things. But you mm-hmm. changed the rest of the goddamn meal for the movie. So and now it, you have Italian seasoning on in your fucking milkshake. You're like, what? Peter, this, here, this shouldn't even be here. Here's a better, here's a better comparison. Is <laughs> oh, oh, oh. sorry, I have to get in on this one. So, 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 Alex, so, so, I'm assuming you like like pasta, okay? Right? Yep. I like pasta, and you you like it with all the seasonings and all the stuff on it. All right, right? Sure. Now take all that pasta and throw it out. And put a giant pile of shit on the plate and season oh. it with Italian seasoning. That's, well, that's it, like Peter said, aggressive. shit. Yeah, I know. That's like what Peter said, but with shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that, it's legit that. You man. know, I've seen the movie. I think, I think I'm leaning towards it. Zach. Peter was super understating it. Uh, um, oh, shit. Uh, I just, okay, I got Look, and, and this is my point about Birdemic. Birdemic is, is that example where every bad decision is as interesting as every good decision. This movie is filled with as many interesting good decisions as Baby Driver is, is has good decisions. But they're bad. It's just every everything is so interestingly bad. I love, I, I love the fact that there are three main male characters in the movie and they all start with the name R. Why? I have no fucking idea. Yeah. Ron, Ron, Rick, and Ramsey. <laughs> I, I was just like, yes, that's amazing. Like, I love the way that his bet, how Rick acts. He's like, oh, Rod, my friend Rod. Like, it's just, it's just the way he talks is amazing. Yeah, he said he met some supermodel girl. Like, just, I loved it. I, I, everyone is so weird. It's, I, I don't get it. They, everyone talks the way that everyone talks in real life, weirdly. Like, if you answer the phone and you're like, hello, like, just just the weird thing that someone does. But nobody does that in movies. Everyone's trying to be cool and sexy and charming. And this one, like, everyone's just like, hey, what's going on, man? Like, it's just, they're just being goofy weirdos. And I love it. Oh, God. It's so great. It's so interesting. Just like. Yeah, just. I'm saving everything that I have for. Last year, Bender, when we when we get to that oh in the next God. three years, after how many times we've mentioned it today, um, we're gonna have to make an episode for each person because we're both gonna fuck. <laughs> we're all gonna fucking explode. Um, dude. Let back me ask to Willow. Can I ask you one last question? Okay. <clears throat> uh, uh, that pertains to what we were just talking about. If <clears throat> if you could watch. Plan nine from outer space again. Now, do you think you might see it a bit differently? Ooh. I mean, I'm in a much better mood right now, so I guess the answer is yes. <laughs> I sort of meant within the context of seeing more movies like this. Mm-hmm. I have to remember plan nine. It's bad like this. 
<laughs> black and white. Uh, let's see, aliens. The, there's the big fat alien. There's the female. Yeah. There's a yeah, rest. Yeah, yeah. I, okay. I remember. I'm remembering the like the the climactic fight at the end. On Solo died. Yeah. The you know fell through a. My my hope would be that a lot of the um oh God what what's the word I'm looking for here um I guess uh, uh moronic failures uh just uh stupidity I guess in this I don't know if that's the right decision because I like the end result but like there's these aren't there's just a lot of just the sound is off the guy acts weird. There's so many like technical failings. I'm not sure what the word is, but that's what I think Plan Night achieves that. You watch that, and even in the 50s, it's like the sound is off or it lingers too long. And it's just funny in the same way that because he like Ed Wood thinks it's as passionate as this guy thought he was making this. <laughs> Especially super. You were right. Like I think Love on a Leash, Surfer, and this are in that same category. And when we get to Neil Breen, hell yes, dude. Neil Breen is certainly in this category, man. Don't worry about that. Uh, there's a handful of them. And if Wizzo would make another movie, that'd be great. But I think Wizzo made his Citizen Kane. I think he's done. I I, I also, like, am so happy, Chris, that, like, you have fallen in love with what people would call trash cinema, which is basically just... All movies like this, like Love Unleashed falls into this, Birdemic's part of that, The Room's part of that, Plan 9's in that. Like, I am so happy that you've fallen in love with just these trashy, terrible movies that are just so fun to watch. There's there's magic in good stuff, but there's also magic in bad stuff, I've realized. There's just yep. something in there that's as entertaining of, like, why did they think this, this would work, and it doesn't, and I can't take my eyes away, and I'm laughing my ass off. And I just, I don't... I, I, a lot of comedians have bottled this up in a lot of weird ways. Um, Tim and Eric have nailed a lot of this and like getting some of this right, but I don't know. Just there's something about this, like, and it's. I used to think this guy was Vietnamese. No, this guy, <laughs> this guy is just a shitty writer and a bad filmmaker. He just doesn't understand film and decided to make a movie. He is more like Neil Breen than anyone else. There, like there wasn't Burke. a <laughs> right. There wasn't a literal language barrier, but there still was a language barrier. It was the language of cinema. I would just say there was a barrier. I'm honestly like I am so so potentially excited for for Chris to be able to sit down and I think the next bad movie time we hit the bad movie, we well, I'm going to suggest it. Because I'm so excited for Chris to be able to watch the Toxic Avenger. Here's my thing. No, no, no. Time out. Love that movie. Like, before long, like, Zach, if this streak keeps going, I'm going to abolish the bad wheel. No! Why would you do that? It lands on his movies all the damn time. (laughs) No, they didn't. No, that's not true. That is not true. What what was the last one that we landed on? It was Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter. That's uh, mine. What was the one before that? You're asking a lot of me to remember that. Freaks. Um, what was the one before? That was mine. I, I've had a good run for a bit. That's very true. I you think, I think you just don't 
want Zach to give you bad movie recommendations anymore. Because he knows that he'll love him. That's the best part. That's a- no, it's not that I'll love him. It's just like, it's just a hot streak that I want, like, broken. Okay. Like, like, my stuff hasn't gotten on there either. <laughs> oh, in a row? Spitefully being competitive is what you're saying? Yes. Right, yeah. Gotcha. Right. Also, Zach's yes, trying to take over the You podcast. haven't had a streak. You've never had a streak. No. Oh yeah, Chris has not had a streak. Me and Alex have had a few downloads. It's also the fact that Zach's trying to take the podcast away from me. So. I'm not trying to take the podcast away from you. Chris, if you download Snapchat right now, I'll start a streak with you. <laughs> <laughs> I will never, ever kill that streak. I'm the, I'm the only one who gets those. Don't do that. It's just for me. You never come down from that tree, though. I know. He's, do that? he's sending me streaks. <laughs> Uh, like my butt, I, but uh, but but really, Chris, I'm. I think I'm gonna suggest. Like, do you use the leaves as a green screen? Is that how you look like you're coming out of the tree? No, it actually with modern technology and just an app, even on Snapchat, you can just use a green screen, even on Skype too, and you don't even need to actually use a green screen. It'll just block out all the other things that are around you and just keep you because that's just modern technology, baby. So I, I just do. so I thought my teacher was in uh, Fiji or something. Like I genuinely thought that was the case. They could be. I, I would, but there's a bunch of those birds that attacked us in the tree, and I'm just not making any sudden movements. Yeah, yeah I don't they wanna, can come back at any moment. I don't like, want a bird going down my throat again. That was. Unfair. I don't have to worry about it. I'm in a disturbing. brick and mortar apartment. Last so, time that happened, it was Big Bird. So, back to below. So, I'm excited to suggest the Toxic Avenger. I'm just gonna say that. Definitely uh, great movie. You know, know what? what? What's the next wheel that we're doing tonight? Good wheel. I don't we're the good wheel tonight. And we're, it's, uh, it's female directors, so you have to... Female directors. Guess female what? Directors. I didn't think about that. I mm. was going to warn you last we can always time. always count on you. A week early. You still have time. We still have to grade. So just go up, go to Google and type in best, <laughs> best movies. I'm serious. Go to, go to Google and type up best movies made by women. And That's what I did. should be right away a good list of about a hundred movies or so. And we'll tell you whether we've hit them on the wheel or not. I, I've got my decision. I know Zach. Same. So it's really just you and Chris that have to come up and I'll let you know. Oh, okay. No, I, I, I've made my I choice. I hope well, I, I, yeah. So Chris, so it's really just whether Peter has made a double up or not. Right. Directed. Um, right, is what you mean by made. female directed. Yes. So, so. You get... Okay. One other thing I do want to point out was the scientist. He's just <laughs> yes. there. He's just no, there. Th- I'll tell you the problem. Like this guy is like, "Hey, don't come, don't come near me." There's a whole bunch of birds that are infected, and they walk closer to him on this bridge. He's like, "Hey, you want to go talk about this picnic area?" Also, the fact that they're having a picnic in the middle of an apocalypse, dude. They and then there's other outside. people behind the birds them. Are outside. There's other people around them. Like they're at some fucking park at a beach and there's yeah, this family there. Yeah, I can hear there. them. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> no. So he comes back to the picnic area after they ask him. He's like, all right, sure. Uh, and so he talks about like how the this uh, bird virus was started by global warming because they're not eating the right foods and because all that food is dying and whatever. And Something, so he's like, yeah. oh, I'm those. I'm no uh, orthonologist is what? they're supposed to be i'm no i'm not a he goes i'm not a scientist i'm an orthopologist no 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 no, no. he says he's a uh, scientist not 
that. And then oh. later, after he goes on his speech, then he says he's that, not a scientist. Which I thought was, like, so backwards. I'm watching oh this second God. one. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> it's, just cra- it's just crazy. I swear that's exactly what happened. It was really I sad because I wasn't phased by him wearing a mask. And I honestly, I barely heard him when he's like, get away from me. I, w- I, I it just, it looked so normal because anytime I see someone in public, they've got a mask on. So I'm like, oh, okay. Let's, why, like, why is this a big deal? Oh, $10,000 and he had to gorilla all of this. Yeah. I, I- that scene alone where he makes an argument for how global warming can create diseases that actually could make people sick one day and cause a pandemic. Well, not necessarily birds flying down and exploding, but a pandemic, an, an, an endemic of some sort uh, is pretty telling. I think this might go, this might jump up into the room territory, like up in the top spot of room for so bad it's good just for its prediction alone. That's <laughs> true. Hold on. He's not wearing a mask. Birds are attacking these people. These birds? Yes. No, they're dead from the bird flu virus. I just te- I just tested their blood. Then why are they attacking us? I don't know. But what I do know is global warming is causing these viral diseases, such as bird flu. Yeah, this after watching this virus. movie, I really wanna just live off the land, you know, just maybe become vegan. Uh, I'm if, a, I hear, if I hear a mountain lion, I'm definitely. If I I'm a scientist. Mountain... I'm a scientist, an ornithologist. Oh, I thought he said I'm a scientist, not an ornithologist. Okay, and then he says that same line again, like he repeats himself. Like, ah, man, what a what? like. <laughs> Sodom and Gomorrah do not compare to this disaster. <laughs> That's one of the that's one of the most Chris jokes I've ever heard. And you know what? I fucking loved, loved it. No one can sell that as well as you ever can, man. <laughs> it's because uh, I love to over exaggerate. And this is uh, like, oh, just, <laughs> I just imagining. I imagine a you saying that because of your faith, but then also in the back of my mind, I was like the people of Sodom and Gomorrah going through what they went through, and then stopping and seeing a screening of this movie, and they're like, "Oh God, man! At least we're not going. Jeez, man, what a we're not watching this." (laughs) (laughs) So, but like, yeah, it just. (sighs) I love. There's also a corner of my brain that's just that's just like. It's like, oh my gosh, am I capable, you know, of making something like this? Yes. I guess we're all capable, but am I dumb enough? And being as self-deprecating as I am, I'm almost certain I am dumb enough to do something like this. No, but you'd make a movie and it'd be good. (laughs) You don't have to worry about making, (laughs) accidentally making a movie like the one we're reviewing right now, because that'll never happen. And if it does, you'll be aware, so it won't count. Gotcha. <laughs> I was like, Chris, the first words out of your mouth were literally about the, the technical design of this film. You're already thinking ahead of him, not just because this was made 
uh, more than 10 years ago, but also because you just know better. People knew better then. Like, you actually are going to film school about how to make film. We don't. I, 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 I just watch a lot of movies. But the perspectives we're coming from are entirely different. This guy did not go to film school. He watched a bunch of Hitchcock movies, and the only references he's making are from Hitchcock movies. And then he just makes a lot of money on on Silicon Valley. That's like it. He is Rob, man. Like <laughs> I don't I don't know what else to tell you. You have way more character than that, dude. You have way more like your short film is more interesting than his because you just decided to go out and make that during a pandemic. He did go out and do this, but like you at least had friends willing to help you and like who were interested in sending a message out, whatever the vision of the movie was. He wasn't paying people. He was not talking to people on set. He was just sort of hoping that they wouldn't leave. That's insane to me. Seven months he put ten thousand dollars. <laughs> he I made people... that amount of money to just throw around. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. Like. But yes, I understand your fear going up, making something, walking up to somebody and them going, it's excellent, but not for the reasons you think. That's <laughs> scary. That's very scary. Uh, I, 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 I have a fear of that, that someone's going to come up to us and say, I think it's easier with this podcast for someone to listen to us ironically. But also, if you listen to us consistently, we do talk about the films. We do talk about each other. And we are genuinely friends, no matter how passively, aggressively we argue with each other. We fuck stick you. it out. Yeah, fuck you. And I think that we love you. I love you. And, I, <laughs> and I just don't I think that... The biggest, <laughs> shit you've ever had every day, ever. Uh, <laughs> it's close to it. Uh, I, <laughs> I would probably say <laughs> that... <laughs> When it comes to the Buttercast, how much time and work we put into that, actually writing a narrative, we would spend eight hours a day, the three of us, really working to get something out on top of all the work we put into before that week came in and all the work we put into the actual performance itself. For someone to come up and be like, it's really good, but it's because of how bad you are. And yeah, that would suck. That would hurt. But I like, I don't, but the thing is, Oshi knows how to make something sound good or we know that when something sounds bad we can uh overcompensate through other areas this guy just said fuck it i'm gonna do it but i think the thing that makes it last is the genuine nature of some of these decisions like i know he just he he couldn't make birds and he was cheaply like, I'm going to grab this guy and then scam him from the money. But also, he decided to put the guns in the car. He decided to write a lot of these scenes and how they play out. Nobody was in addition to that. There is some magic in the storytelling here. But I don't know if he ever cracked it again. I'm going to watch replicas and see where it takes us. But like you have made two things that I've seen. And one of them is pretty decent in just delivering the message and the vision you want to tell and specifically considering the environment and the time you had to make it in and knowing you personally that you just like were like i'm gonna go out and make something and then there was the video that you made for the band which highlights your editing skills which you understand the rhythm of editing and how musical it can be and a lot of people including this guy didn't give two zero fucks about it and he didn't give, <laughs> give, didn't give two fucks about cleaning up the actual transitions themselves there is what like the smash cut to the birds what was going through his head 
Why do you not? <laughs> the movie The Birds? No, the birds show up slowly, man. That shit just sort of occurs. Is it because is are they the iceberg of the Titanic? I have no idea. That's this that's the sort of curiosity of the decision making I want to understand. Whereas like you could teach an entire class about how to not make these technical decisions. Whereas in the second movie, you take away a lot of those technical mistakes and you have a guy that has more control and more money and you see where some of those things are high, where like it would have been great if it was the first time around and we would have seen the coat hangers and stuff. But then like maybe we wouldn't have had the coat hangers like you going out into the forest and making that short film produced something of genuine quality and with something earnest to say, this guy just wanted to make something fun and he got a lot of fun out of it, but I'm sorry. I'm watching the sequel right now, and apparently birds are attacking cavemen. Uh, anyway, uh, I, <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> from guys. Uh, uh, they, but as I'm watching it, the green screen is better. It's like YouTube quality green screen. Like it's a YouTube movie. It's it's insane. I don't, there's something about the cheapness of the, the of the way the camera looks. Like it's collateral. There's something about the stock music. There's something about the aginess of it. There, I, I don't know what it is. There's magic in the seven months that it took to make this. And I don't know what it is, but it, it's it's embodied in him. Whenever I think about where it came from, the weirdness of it. If he is Rob and he just sort of like takes responsibility and is kind of a little bit of a weasel, I get it. But the magic comes from the guy who splattered blood on his van put birds on it on wires and then drove through Sundance. That's the guy. That's that little bit of extra that made that first movie. But that asshole who weasels out of people is the same guy who made the second one. So we're all capable of anything. Are you capable of something like this? Absolutely, Chris, you are. But from what I've seen, you're a bit more, you're a bit more understanding and empathetic of the actual language of cinema than this guy ever was. This guy ever was. I've ne- I like. I don't think. Yeah, the sequel doesn't highlight how he's technically better. It just shows that he learned how to do things technically better. <laughs> he's not technically a better filmmaker. He just knows how to make films better technically. And to um, be honest, story, there wasn't that much same. to improve on. Like the bar was set really low, is what I mean. So yes, but there there are moments that shine in the first film, and a lot of it. A lot of it comes from Whitney Moore in the cast. Uh, just what a lot of that personality is coming from the people who stuck around. Um, right. But there is a little bit from him. Um, you actually went to film school. That's the first part of the argument. <laughs> you're you're one on that part. So, I like, could, yes, yeah, I could make this. <laughs> no, but you would do it on purpose. Be honest. You, you, well, I, I would want to make a Jesus Christ superstar uh, or Jesus vampire Christ hunter. vampire hunter. Damn it! I would try to make Jesus Christ vampire hunter. Age of age of experience. <laughs> I, think, uh, uh, I would could try to aim to make a Jesus Christ vampire hunter, but probably be closer to a Birdemic too. You, I think, over time. And just without any help with anyone else but your own money, could make a Jesus Christ vampire hunter because you've gone to school, you are capable of editing, you know sound design, you know how to dub stuff, you have more people who've been in film school and can join your cast and do whatever. 
You have the cameras. You have equipment. This guy put booms in between the actors' legs. It was him and them in rooms. You like Vampire Hunter actually had people on set with them, and you could get people to do that. You went to school with them. You have network and you have connections. That's something you could make. I I can't. I could take people to Universal Studios and like Gorilla Film some stuff, and then put some birds in later, and probably not pay that guy. Uh, that's more like. <laughs> <something> <laughs> That, you're, you're, better, you're better than that. You're not a weasel. <laughs> but the projectionist is, apparently. Oh, Alex the projectionist? Yeah. Oh, he'd so fucking do that. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I'm, so, I, I'm sorry I said that. Like, I'm, I'm trying to, like, not, like, just throw out crazy ideas like that for the Buttercast. Yeah, like the, while we're the recording, this is my podcast. Stop trying to take my podcast. <laughs> hey, it works the other way, pal. Oh, oh I'm sorry. I don't complain. I, <laughs> I'm not some whatever. Um, no, no, no. I would actually <laughs> say that that idea is perfect for the other character on the show. Theo is the one who makes shitty, cheap movies on the fly. In fact, that is one of the plot points that happened. Yep. He actually made a bad movie and no one understood and he didn't understand why it, people liked it. He thought it was because that the movie was good. He couldn't see that the movie was so bad. Literally is the opposite anyway. of what happened for real life Rod, whatever his name is. So I think, okay. So unless anybody else has anything else to say, I'm losing my mind. Like I'm a, I'm a broken man. I'm a broken man right now. Um, in the best way possible. Um, there you go. Uh, if yeah, anybody I, else has anything to say, I think it's time to grade. Uh, I just had had one m- small minor thing. Go ahead. Uh, thank you. Uh, I couldn't. I, I'm not sure if you guys noticed this, but this is the first movie in a while that I haven't just abruptly sent a screenshot. Oh no! <gasps> because. Oh, no. No, no, there's no, oh no. It's just because every single fucking frame of this movie is screenshot worthy. And I didn't know what. (laughs) This, this movie made me speechless in the screenshotting sense. (laughs) Cause there's nothing that could like truly capture it because it's just the whole movie as in of of itself. I mean, Peter, when in doubt, send pizza though. No, because don't, that's don't. not the movie we're goddamn reviewing, Zach. <laughs> Missing the whole point. There was a legitimate like five minute period where my mouth was just open and in awe of what I was watching. It's just like I can't remember exactly what it was, but like I think it was like um I think it was like the time before they went to the gas station. Like, I was just like speechless. Like, I didn't know what to feel. I didn't know what to say. I was just like, "This is just real. This is real." Like, someone made this and thought yeah. it was okay. For me, it was the driving. All not even just at the beginning. I'm not even just talking about that. I'm just talking about from Rod to get to point A to point B. They literally showed him. Going from point A to point B. Just driving. That's when my jaw dropped. Oh my gosh. Zach, what have you done? So I'm going to see it. It's not Pizza the Hut. It's not Pizza the Hut. 
Okay, I can't see a thumbnail from that, so I'm just going to assume it's a Trojan horse. Um, <laughs> okay. So, yeah, just like, I think it was the whole when, like, it was the whole, um, the bus scene. I think that was it, where I was just like, <laughs> you laugh at the birds at first. Like, you laugh at them. Like, they're unabashedly cheap looking like the fact that when they fly only the 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 last half of their wing actually moves the first half that connects to their torso doesn't move it's like they're puppets and it and it it explains perfectly what happened he just weaseled his way into getting free birds and it was a test shot. It, they were literally placeholders for a better version. That's so fucking funny that he was comfortable enough to just get the shitty version and not realize how shitty it looked. Then after you're done laughing at them, you just like, I just was like entranced almost just like, yeah, they, just, they did this like this is real. They said the test is good enough. Let's just go. And then, like that one trope in movies, it was like this oh. prototype isn't ready yet. Well, it's got to be ready now. And then it, this is the real life result. This is <laughs> what happened in yeah, real life. Exactly. Must be concerned for the tech that guy sold. True. What What do you say? What did you say? It makes me concerned for the tech he sold on Silicon Valley. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, so I think, Peter, did you have anything else? I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine, man. I didn't have anything else other than all the other things that you interrupted me on. No, I'm totally fine. <laughs> I'm good. I'm, I'm um, fine. I got it all out. Time to grade, then. Unless anybody else has anything else to say. Oh, my I God. Do. You keep interrupting me. No, I'm just <laughs> Keep saying that. And I keep trying to say something. <laughs> I'll grade first. Okay. Because I want to. I'm going to give this movie, as a good movie, uh, one out of five because of the fantastic message it had. Um, <laughs> as a bad movie, I'm going to give this, if, if or, I'm sorry, an F. I would give it an F. Uh, if this were a, if I'm grading this on a bad movie, which we are, I would give this an A plus. If I could give it extra credit, is that is that available? I would. Because uh, every frame is comedy gold. And for the people yes. that can't see that and just cringe and don't understand that because it's so bad, it makes it more glorious... It's a shame. It's a damn shame because you you really missed out. You really did miss out. You did, yeah. And you should enjoy life in a different way because you seem to have a weird uh, perspective on things. Just enjoy the <laughs> shit. Enjoy the shit that in the toilet. Just look at it, acknowledge it, laugh a little bit, and then flush it, man. That's all there is. Now you, <laughs> kids, 
after you take a dump, you look at what you behold what you have created. Yeah, look at what you made. No one else does that. <laughs> it's a beautiful floater. No one else does that. I didn't. Wait, your poop floats. Oh, I have it. Peter, wait, your poop floats. Oh my gosh. Oh god. Poop floats. Peter, yeah, you have to go to a doctor. It, if it seems you're not eating healthy, you have a bad. Peter, Peter, everybody poops. Everybody poops. If it's floats, that means shit, Sherlock. That's not what I'm saying. Not true. Some people that don't poop die of septic. True. Sepsis. Um, Sorry, sepsis. Maybe maybe it's because my poop goes underneath the bowl and like goes into the first little curve in the in the pipe immediately. (laughs) Immediately doesn't float. Huh. Anyway, look next. Um, I I agree with Peter. (laughs) Okay. As a good movie, it's one out of five. As a bad movie, A plus (laughs) plus. Oh my god, he gave it a first A plus plus. Well, (laughs) no, you can't go back. You can't Uh go back. I fucked up. Fight, fight, fight. Um, Alex, you you missed the the time to duel there, Chris. Um, don't play it now. Nah, you missed your opportunity. Oh, whatever. Um, Alex, you have, so you've been, I don't know if you've been building this, but you've been like, you seem pretty conflicted on whether you like this over love on a leash. So I'm going to, I'm interested to hear this grade. No, it's just, I, uh, when I think about the best, so bad, it's good. I'm trying to think of the ones that. Are up there. The the centerpiece, the Citizen Kane that most people seem to agree on these days is The Room. The more I watch The Room, the more I'm impressed at how insane that movie is. And, and I get it. And the and I'm jealous of the people who got that the first time around. It's it is genuinely stupefyingly odd. But it's also an emotional story. All the all the conflict is about what the person is going through. It's an it's a character study mostly. The drama is all about an affair. And um, in this film, it's an action movie. It's meant to be propulsive and move in a certain way. It's the same thing with Love on a Leash. The other aspect of Love on a Leash is it's artistic in a way that uh, that other films aren't. And I don't think it's kind of fantasy and fantastical, but that's not the problem. It is the editing. It's the fact that an arc goes and then ends and then goes and then ends. It stops and goes. You have to be willing to see that and then get past it because if you don't, it's kind of a trek. But I think by the end, you're rewarded by an insane ending. And I compare that to, uh, I think that's the more underrated of the ones. Birdemic is as popular as The Room. And when I think about it, it's like, which one do I like more for which reasons? And I think I'm still, I still, Love on a Leash is still a mystery to me. I mean, I can't. Like that opening, Love on a Leash is crazy to me. I think it's like the, it, it is, you know what? The Love on a Leash is the Godfather part two. I think that's a better bad movie. I think it's bad in ways that are incredibly interesting and mind boggling. This one is bad in a way that's incredibly entertaining. Really entertaining. Like I boggle by some of these decisions, but also a lot of them are just fucking lazy. And that's even better. That's, that's just a lot of this shit is just lazy. And I think that's hilarious. Like the guy's just a, a weaselly lazy dude that actually committed to one idea. 
of a creativity and he did it i've never made a movie and he did and it's the biggest movie ever made and it's because everyone else stuck around that's so interesting to me um so i i find the stories of both and the other thing is love on alicia is still a mystery in terms of how it was made there's only one person that's come out and talked and it's the guy who voiced the dog the couple refuses to actually speak about the movie which is even more mysterious to me so i do like that one a bit better just for its mystery, but I would watch Birdemic. The more I watch it, the more I realize just how much more fun it is. I would watch Birdemic with a crowd of people way more, any crowd of people. Just take any 50 people off the street, stick them in a room, we watch it, we'd love it. But put a room full of actual, truly hardcore David Lynchian cinephiles who watch a lot of old movies and 50s melodramas, make them watch Love on a Leash, it's a, little, it's a, a lot different. So I think that that's more of a niche crowd Whereas this one, I think, could reach anyone who's willing to enjoy a bad movie. Anyone who's willing to enjoy a bad movie, especially with a crowd of people. When those birds show up and they explode, popcorn should be flying. People should be yelling. <laughs> you should be clapping. And you should be applauding. This is the this is the James Cameron Terminator 2 type aspect of Good Bads. It's an action movie in that regard. And I'm not looking for art. There's actual, like... I could add theories to love on Alicia in a certain way. So I'm, I, the, I'm, it's not so much that I think is one's better. It's what can you apply, apply the qualities to in terms of being a so good it's bad. And if there is an aspect to the movie that is kind of a slog to get through, no matter how many times you watch it, that's going to deviate a little bit. And I think love on a leash has an editing process that makes you feel like, okay, the movie's over and then you can stop it. But that also makes it good. So if you wanted to, you could stop 20 minutes go to bed, go to work, come back, watch another 20 minutes, and you get insanity. And then the next thing you know, he's mad because he can't afford to buy his girlfriend. I don't know. Love and Alicia is insane. I, <laughs> I, um, but this is one of the best. I think the, the, the predicting ability of a, of a global warming pandemic is insane. That's hilarious. Like, that was crazy. That is insane. That's insane. That I can't believe that. Trademark. <laughs> uh, so I would say, uh, um, in the terms of so bad it's good, which is what I would rate this as, and and I as the bad movie wheel is a lot of ways you can rate things as something bad. When we get to Last Airbender, I'm I'm it's just a bad movie. That's a huge blockbuster. It's for everybody, and it's bad. Uh, this is so bad. It's good, baby. So as of so bad, it's good. It's an A plus. I don't. There's nothing I would change about this to make it more entertaining. As a so bad, it's good. There's nothing I like. You could make some of those lo- those really long, annoying scenes uh, matter, but I gotta tell you, <laughs> watching that se- that end credits a second time, it's so ballsy. Like you think it's a choice. You think he's trying to test the audience of like those people just standing there watching those birds fly away from a beach. You think he's like, do you, if you wait long enough, you'll be rewarded. No, he's just fucking lazy and he's stretching out the runtime. It's amazing. Uh, a plus. A plus so bad. It's good. I think this is equal quality of the room, but just for, as an action movie. So I don't know how you were before, but like ever since we've seen, Ever since you and I went to see Surfer, like I've noticed, you know like what? on Surfer, the show, a. whenever we've this done, is an a. Surfer is an A plus. You've just convinced me immediately. This is an A. Surfer, Teen <laughs> confronts fear. 
is amazing in ways I can't. They got a dead whale. They got a dead whale. Oh my god! You know what? <laughs> this is an A. This is an A. Surfer's an A plus. No, but like ever since we saw Surfer, like you've been like, what if we saw this in like a theater in this like that same crowd, like. Yeah. Man, that movie changed you. That whole experience changed you. Well, <laughs> that I'm just coming to grab, coming to um, grips with. First time, it wasn't the first time that I had ever done that. I've done uh, the room, and the thing is, when I did the room, it was with a friend of mine who doesn't care about movies as much. He was just a guy that was at home and had a drinking problem. He'll bit this, and we watched movies a lot because all he did is sit at home and drink. He drank himself into a coma, sobered up, and now he owns a house, a dog, has a girl, and a great job. I love the man. He's doing so well. Um, but back then, I was like, have you ever heard of The Room? And he's like, yeah, I love The Room. He knew what it was. And I was like, have you ever seen it in a theater? No, actually, no, he'd never heard about it. He, we were talking about another movie. And I was like, I'm going to go see The Room at midnight. And he was pretty drunk and he didn't want to go to sleep. And I was like, you can get a beer there and you can chill out and go to the theater at the Uptown and you can throw spoons. He's like, what? I'm like, spoons. And he's like, should we get some? And I'm like, no, they'll be there. And we go to the movie. He had no idea what the movie was. He watched it with the crowd. It was a, it was like an amazing experience from him. Since then, he's gone several times. He's met Tommy Wiseau. I, I've done this before. I love it. It was when I did it with you, Chris. It was with you. That's what made it amazing. This is Surfer Teen Confronts Fear is as good as those are, which is why I'm not. Uh, I don't understand why more people don't know about that movie. It's mind-bogglingly bad. I love it. It's so crazy. But it was when I watched it with you and Jackson and that group of people. Yes, a group of people. But if I'd have watched that alone, it would have it would have been just as good in a lot of ways. But there was, was also yeah. like there was also the added effect of like it was new. Like it was it's just coming onto the scene. Like it was like only like a year old. You found it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, <It> was... Vice. <laughs> You just, dude, you had your nose to the grindstone, man. I loved it. It was perfect. Oh, my God. I, there, I, there are few as good as that, but Birdemic and The Room are of that quality, for sure. Absolutely. I would say wrestling, the wrestling one, not another wrestling date. Yeah, that's... Just another romantic wrestling comedy. Never forget. It's a long title, sorry. And I also <laughs> constantly think of not another teen movie because I love that. Uh, <laughs> guys, Zach, Pete. That movie is very close to being as good as this. Life-changing. Pretty Life fucking changing. funny. Oh, my God. Really <laughs> funny. Really funny. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. When you guys are ready, I have my suggestion. So, back to Chris. For me, okay, strictly on the basis of good-bad, this is a terrible movie by any technical standard, but... Oh my god. Is it a like it's a it, this this is an experience. Okay. This is like by all um trying to do two things at once. Um by all like by all standards like this is more of like to me an experience than like a movie. <laughs> So, on that level, I have to give it an A. 
and I'm not going <laughs> to do A plus because the guy did not pay his VFX artist. <laughs> I love That's that reason. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I, yeah, it's just it's it's equal parts lazy and passionate. It's crazy. Yep. It's crazy. So there you go, everybody. Bird, demic, shock and terror. When the when you hear the words the Eagles are coming, do not think of Lord of the Rings. Think of Birdemic, Shock, and Hang it out. Terror. Hang it out no with the Eagles in that movie. No fucking Eagles in that movie. Eagles are Hey guys, guys, those birds, they're going away. They're going away now. Oh my god. Oh my god. Wait, uh, uh, I don't see them. I can't hear them either. Like I don't know. Alex, I think you're going crazy. Do we need to call guys. somebody? One of them, one of them was an owl, and one of that that owl left a scroll, and that scroll it, it has one word on it. What do you think that word is? Wait, wait. Oh, there, no, there they are. There they are. Uh, oh, oh my God, they're back! Get get get, get, get the coat hanger. What are you Ow. doing? Oh God! Where did you get that? That again! Oh God, it's all over me! Ah. It burns kind of and is blinding sort of. Oh, I That's figured not what it out. Looks like. I'm mostly just upset that it's been on me so long. <laughs> okay, they're gone. It, <laughs> it disappeared oh, again. Ooh, I got the scroll again. It's it has one word on it. What do you think that word is? Wheel. 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 I have a suggestion. And Female I'm, directors. Yes. I I have my suggestion. I'm going to say it right away because me and Alex have talked about this for two weeks. And I may or may not kill other people's suggestions. So I'm just going to put it out here to give you guys time. Okay? All right. You want to go first? I was going to go first, but okay. Yeah. It's your Lost show, man. Translation. Lost in translation. He says... Lost in translation. Hold on, let me get the, the vehicle get stuff ready. It's really good. Have uh, you ever seen it, Peter? I don't. Don't know. I I, yes. I I know of the movie. I don't know if I've seen it. Have, uh, Chris said, "Do you know anything about it?" Uh, Bill Murray, Scarlett Johansson in Seattle, or is that Sleepless in Seattle? I get the two. Oh, Bill. Nope, that's it. It's uh, okay. Well, it's, not, it's not a. It's not in. I saw it on the list. I was looking at. But also, uh, Anna Faris is in it, which is pretty great. Giovanni Ribisi. Giovanni Ribisi. Uh, it is set in Tokyo. Yes. Uh, one of my favorite soundtracks of all time. One of the most expensive vinyls that I own because I love that soundtrack. Uh, it is. It's my second favorite bill murray movie maybe my third uh um he was nominated for an oscar for it and it would be my choice if zach had not picked it and um i also love sofia coppola's work she's one of the most important female filmmakers and uh not a lot of films of hers that i think you would enjoy chris this is probably the most uh obvious choice for that me and Alec literally had like a two-hour conversation about this, I think, like two weeks ago. Great All right. You guys ready? I did, yes. I did a lot of research for this one. Yeah? 
You said you looked it up. I did some. Yeah, I did some research. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Big. Yes, I was hoping someone would pick it because I was going to be on my list if someone didn't. Thank God. What did you pick? Big? Big. Yeah, yeah. I mean the the okay. So I was hoping one of you guys would pick it, and the main reason I didn't is because we already have a Penny Marshall movie on here. Her, I, I personally, I think, uh, her best film, A League of Their Own. So we'd have two Penny Marshall. See, I was trying to avoid on. Catherine Bigelow because we just did Catherine Bigelow, right? But but the thing is, again, not a lot of famous female filmmakers. We would tap the big ones first. I expected one of you guys to do that. And also, it's fucking big. There's no problem. It's a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going big. With big, sorry. I'm going big. Is that like their slogan or something? I hope not. <laughs> I'm uh, big. big. It's where uh, I'm going. All right. So, Peter, uh, would you like me to go? You still thinking? Go. How, how, long, how long do you want me to stall for? Oh, no, I, I picked it when you told me to look it up, so. Oh, sweet. Uh, well, I'm, I'll, I'll go, uh, yeah, go ahead, and give you the floor at the end uh, because he's special and he's great and he's got Thanks. great And he's awesome. And I think he's okay. And I think he's what? also got good opinions. The birds about took his tongue, everyone. In Iran. And, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, and uh, I would say, <laughs> I, looked at the, I looked at the same list and I was like, okay, so the main ones that really excited me, uh, Zach was going to do one of them. And the other one I was thinking was American Psycho. But I don't know if I want to show that to Chris just yet. Not because of the violence. It has a stacked cast. Uh, it's a lot of sex in it. We haven't really explored that just yet and how to approach it. It really I only is... know the part where he acts as a man to death. That's uh, all I know. I don't think you'd have a problem with the violence. The violence is also we're, we're, when that movie came out, it uh, was too tame by the standards of the book. The book is disgusting and I'd never want you to read it ever. It sucks the life out of your soul, but the movie pushes it to a way that like, I think it's the point across about what it's trying to say. Uh, the violence is not the problem. There are lengthy scenes of sex and I, we just haven't approached that yet, yet. So that's one of the reasons I was kind of putting that aside and I was like, I'm, I'm looking at this list and it's got a hundred movies on it. And all I keep thinking is I don't know a lot of these. There's so many. Well, you, interesting you, went, you, you looked at the same list I did then. Uh, there's a same. couple. I was like, I don't know what to do yet. So I waited. And then I was on Twitter, uh, not Twitter, but Facebook. And I follow a film group on there and someone found a list themselves just randomly and put the top 10. And they're like, what do you people think of this top 10? And it was a lot of the same ones that I had seen, including A League of Their Own. Ida Lupino's Hitchhiker was on there, Peter, which I thought was interesting. But oh. then someone put in the comments a movie that I never knew was by a woman. And I would love for Chris to see. Now, granted, the w- second choice I had, and I'm going to pull for this in my curiosity wheel soon, is The New Little Women. I love Little Women. It's a great story. I would Thank love for you. Chris to see it. It's a standard it really is, and I really would love to put it here, but it's more of a curiosity because I've never seen the new Greta Gerwig version, That's fair. and I'd like to put it on there. In this case, I was so shocked to find out that fucking Wayne's World was made by a woman, and I would really love to watch that with Chris. The Wayne's Are you World? Supposed to Wayne's World? Wayne's World was made by a woman. That's so, oh my god, I'm, dude, I, I'm I blown. Love- <sighs> 
once I looked at the career of the woman, I was like, oh my god, uh, uh, all the like okay '90s comedies she made, including yeah, I'm looking at these now. But then the the Beverly thing is. The most famous thing she is known for is a series of documentaries called The Decline of Western Civilization that focus on the punk era in the 70s, the metal era in the 80s, which is an amazing documentary, and the metal era, rock era in the 90s. She has had so much of a hand in rock music. Her career is insane. But the fact that she is part of Wayne's World, and then I started thinking about Wayne's World, and it's about a group of friends who put on a public access show for fun. And I was like, it's us, man. I think you would love them. <laughs> And it's not it's not in the series because it has only one sequel. All right, Peter, also, like, are you movie ready? That, like really brought Mike Myers out and did a lot of crazy stuff. Like he had been on Saturday Night Live for a long time, but like Wayne's World was like his first big movie. All right, Peter, you ready? I am. I have, Bring I have it. two options. Uh, I'll I'll give you guys the options because Chris, again, I don't want to you know, make you uncomfortable or anything. I did have American Psycho, but I was not going to pick it. I was just, you know, that's one of my top ones for uh, a woman as a director, just for me personally, from ones that I have seen. Um, one that I saw in 2019 that I actually re reviewed on the Buttercast was Hustlers. Um, I... Chris, honestly, it's it's up to you. If you, I, I have another option. If you don't want me to do that one, I love Hustlers. Sir, twenty nineteen. Okay. A lot of sex. Gotta be honest. Not necessarily sex scenes, but just sexy sex. Um. Sex. Oh There's God, like Jennifer Lopez, Cardi B. Okay, yeah, I see what you're getting. I see. I see what you mean. There's a movie. Movie. It's about strippers, too, Chris. Well, it's based off a true story about some women who were strippers who pull off a heist, but it's also really good. Uh, What's the other uh, option, Peter? Just, 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 just want to hear it. Yeah, of course. Uh, the other one is something that I have never seen before, and of the list that I was looking at, it was the only animated movie. Um, and it's from an Irish director, uh, from what it says here. It's called The Breadwinner. The bread were so good. And it was in 2017. Um, it's about it's about a little girl who uh, is under Taliban rule in Afghanistan. Looks like in 2001 is when this movie is based in. Uh, it's just like a, about about her life. It, it seems like, and it, the animation looks very pretty. I've heard of it, never seen it. It's really good, Alex. Well yeah, then, you know what? I'm gonna. I'm gonna award for best anime picture. I'm gonna. So it's then. since since I've already seen Hustlers, Zach has. Alex, have you? I have. Okay, and then if Chris, you're unsure, which I'm just gonna choose, honestly. Uh, even if even if you you don't mind it, I'm gonna choose the the breadwinner just because I haven't seen it before. I've seen Hustlers, and I've made a whole fucking episode on my. Podcast, a real butter buttercast about it. So, the bread winner. Chris, could you could you put something on the goodwill for me on the backlog? Uh, fire. Uh, it's called the stories we tell. Fire, fire. Uh, oh my god, fire, fire! Oh, I'm in fire. a tree. <laughs> I'm in a tree. This is not good. 
Oh my god, I got a pee. It's all plastic. Don't worry about uh, it. We're standing back. I'm doing my I'm doing this thing I say when I need to pee. I'm done. All right. Uh fires out. Uh um stories we tell. All right, it's on there. Also made by a woman. Really good. It's on the backlog. Thank you. I'll forget it if you didn't. Thank you. All right, so for our offerings for the uh, replacement of the Goodwill's Choice, we have Wayne's World, Big, Lost in Translation, The Breadwinner. All really good movies. I'm actually kind of excited for no matter what we get. I was going to say, two choices I, I really love, and then the other ones, I mean, come on. Three, two, one, spin. Hang on, let me take off my pants real quick. God, you too late. Yes. Ooh. Big. Take that. There you go. Come on, wait, roll. Wait, buddy. wait, 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 Chris. Didn't you win last week? I think I did. <gasps> Chris has a streak. I, think, I hope something's coming, but uh, you got a streak of winners, Chris. No, but okay, they're on the wheel. It's the wheel itself that I need a victory in. <laughs> This is this is wrapping up, man. I consider these it, wrap it's, ups. It's the good wheel, Chris. This is this is one of my babies. Wait, who won the big wheel last week? Uh, the good wheel. The the big wheel last week. Oh, I won last week. Okay. And then I won the week before that. Take okay. your victories where you can find them, Chris. Yes, That's Chris. My best advice for you. All right, on the good wheel as it stands today. Hold on, let me all these stupid tabs. Um, okay, on the good movie wheel as it stands today. Looper. Hardly know her. <laughs> hey, a league of their own. Did who suggested a league of your, their own? Was that me? I think it was hey. Alex. Was it Alex? Yeah. Okay. It was Alex. I just want to make sure. I, this sounds like something I would suggest. So, Road to Perdition. That's, that's me. what you suggest. <laughs> yeah, that's me. And a good choice. It is a good one. The Fifth Element. Also me. <laughs> that was Chris. Yes, no. that was me. Was that you, Chris? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> you sure? Suck it! Uh, I don't know because I that is also a movie I know I've suggested in the past. Heat. Chris. I know that. Troll Hunter. That's me. Zach. <laughs> Summer Wars. That's me. That's Zach. Labyrinth. Also me. That was you. This is yeah, that was him. But this is a big Chris heavy, Chris and Zach heavy wheel. Uh, Gangs of New York. That's Alex, I think. That is me. Um, don't feel left out, Peter. You'll get you'll get some on here too. Uh, I don't really pride myself in winning things. It's not what life's about for me. Good man. You should. It's like my dick. <laughs> Um, I mean, just to win for it. What? I, I want to win it. My dick report. Minority report. That's you. That's me. Because we can't have. We haven't had Spielberg in a long time. Actually, I know. 
Yeah, but we've had like five though. We had like five like in a row, like bam, bam. Like actually, no, we've had, we've probably had more than five just out of the Indiana Jones series alone. Or right, else. that's four. And Jurassic Park, yeah. Jurassic oh my God. Park, that's, that's five. And Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan. Um, and Jaws. And Jaws. That's eight. Seven. Six. Shut up. Um, <laughs> crazy Rich Asians. Hey, that's me. <laughs> no, that was me. No, Alex, that was definitely me. I definitely suggested Crazy Rich Asians. Sure, Zach. <laughs> I'll give that up. It's time to do it. Yeah, Alex, it's time to duel. You heard Yugi. I am Rock. I, I that, didn't, that was me. That's you, I think, Chris. Um, Rushmore. That's Alex. Oh, brother, where art thou? Also, Alex. And finally, <sighs> South Park. Bigger, longer, uncut. That's, That's a me. What? Me. That was not you. That was definitely me. That was both of you. Yeah, that was, was, that was you me. share that one. I don't I will, care if it was even one of you. You share that one. I will it was that. my win because we split it. We had two different decisions, and I took over that because I was like, I love that movie. I love that musical. I don't. No, that, that, that's both of you. Both know. of you will claim responsibility for that one. We'll definitely claim responsibility for that one. <laughs> that's more than fine by me. All right, All right, right, boys. One, two, yeah, Chris, three, you, three, Alex, you take a drink. Six, seven, eight, nine. Shut the fuck up. I love 15, you, Alex. 15. All right, we're Eight. good. Get rid of this here. Um, oh, yeah. All right. Just travel back in time in the sequel of the Birdemic and attack the lead characters. Oh, shit. What? The heck that doesn't show up anymore okay hold on oh there's the button there's the button okay <laughs> all right you're gonna you're gonna show it off at chris uh working on it all yeah. right yeah show me it yeah there's the there's the wheel everyone are you guys ready yes let me put my pants back on and take them off again okay i'm good <sighs> i'm nervous actually three why two one you can't see my spin. dick spin Ooh. Ah. E. Ooh. Ladies and gentlemen, the, the, ladies and gentlemen, the next <clears throat> movie we will be reviewing on the Meister Movie Podcast is Heat. Woo. Uh, awesome, dude. Awesome. Excellent. Very happy about this. Yes, yes please. Chris, you you want a streak? That's not mine. You know what the interesting thing about it, this is? We Wasn't just yours? It was not mine. That was at the Galaxy. No, that was yours, Chris. Was it? Yeah. You you watched The Dark Knight, then you watched some, an interview with Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan said Heat was a um a inspiration. You said now I want to see Heat. Why did I put it on the Goodwill then? Why didn't I put it because, on Curiosity? Because it was all the way when we didn't have a Curiosity, dude. This is an oldie. This is an oldie, but a goodie. Yeah. Wait, so you're this telling me one of the, this that is the one impossible of the has happened? Yes, Chris. You got a streak. Just, not only have you won 
not only have you won, you won an oldie. Not an original, but a damn near second or third generation. Yes! Woohoo! Chris, can I ask you, ask you something? Did you also put Point Break on the reel before? Yes. So not only did you get Point Break, but you also got Heat. And they are both about bank robbing 90s action movies. This is fucking rigged. I fucking hate this podcast. You know what? We better start over. Can we start over? Let's start this whole thing yeah. over. Let's start over. Yeah. The wheels are alive! <laughs> they love me. They actually love me. Well, they, 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 they are showing pity on you at the, at the very Don't least. Don't you <laughs> rob me, mother effer! Without fail! Without Do not rob fail. me of this! That was worthless. Dude, what a low fucking blow. Just a punch to the balls. I'm sorry. Why? You're not. You're not. Why? Just let him have it. It's a legitimate win. You gotta win. Yeah, there you go. Damn right. Say it again. I said that at the start. I said he's on a (laughs) script. Good. I said, that oh my God. Oh my God. Oh. I know. The only thing I know about Heat is that I think that Al Pacino is in it. Oh my God. Oh. Oh. Oh, wait. So, okay. Oh, shit. All right. So, um, Zach, have you seen Heat? I see parts of Heat. I haven't seen it all the way through. Yes. Peter, have you seen Heat? I'm looking it up. Ask me that in 30 seconds. Okay, goddammit. Okay, I do I don't do, think do, do, he's do. so good. All right, okay. Anything it's Peter? just in. Or we'll keep the elevator music going. <laughs> Can you imagine if a newscast they're like this just in and the music's still fucking going and they're waiting they're like okay uh gary you on the on the soundboard (laughs) if you lose gary and it's like that's happened to me before at church when i'm doing slides and they're just waiting for me it's like so then austin's like chris are you gonna get you put the slides like oh (laughs) go he's like (laughs) (laughs) at least this is like hi everybody welcome and then he's like, and then they just keep playing. I'm waiting for him to like introduce, <laughs> like to what, like go through the whole intro. And he's just like, Chris, you gonna put the, you gonna put the words up? I'm like, okay, fine, dude, go, go. Oh my god, uh, this, yeah, I, I watched this movie in high school, uh, in my movie, um, class. But that was that must have been 2017. And I only saw it once, and it was in the span of, like, three or four class sessions. So it's really bits and pieces for me. I don't remember a lot of it. I just know that, like, there's a mask. They wear masks. Okay. Okay. So, first of all, I've never been a fan of that aspect in school because they don't give the teachers enough time to create a syllabus that allows you to find the proper films and way to approach them that you could cut up to about three different class sessions. 
Heat is a long movie, so I get why he chose it. But okay, so Heat. All right, Three uh, hours. Yeah, dude. That's oh, where where I was like Pacino three, movie. no okay, four, because it's a little over. Yeah, yeah. It would have been four class sessions, and the way we structured it, we would get. I would get that class every other day. What have I done? Oh, that's awful. Oh, Michael Mann. Okay, we're good. Yeah, it wasn't. It was oh. really fun because I I loved writing up all of these essays on the movies. That's when like it really dawned on me, like, wow, there's a lot to say about this sort of thing, and I really appreciate. Essay on this. I don't think I wrote an essay on that one. You bastard. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, that would be interesting. I definitely wrote stuff about um, like Donnie Darko or a few other ones. Nice. But okay. Uh, so we on, have yeah. done, we've done collateral and that's it from Michael yeah, Mann, correct? Yeah, Michael Mann, that's it. Okay. So what, do you know of any other Michael Manns you might've been able to recognize, Chris? Hold on. Let's look at the man. Trying to think off the top of my head. I don't think so. Miguel Mann. Probably not. he has made. He was an executive producer on Ford v. Fiari. Okay. Um, um, let's see. Uh, nope, I can't see. think of it. Maybe Miami producer Vice. On the, okay, as a director. Hold on. I'm looking at producer credits. Hold on. Did you ever see Miami Vice with Colin Farrell and Jamie Foxx? I think we might have. No. Oh, hold on. Oh, okay. Let me look at this. Collateral may have been the first one. Yep. Collateral was the first one. Bingo. That's a bingo. All right. So, <laughs> okay. So Michael Mann, uh, I'm pretty sure if we go, if I go back to the episode, I probably run rampant on his filmography pretty well. What I'm probably going to focus on a little bit here, but more is the difference between Pacino and De Niro. This is not the first time that they were in a film together. Obviously the best film that they were ever in together was Godfather part two, but they were never in a scene together. They do have those moments here in this film and it was a big epic thing outside of that you see people like val kilmer in his heyday before batman natalie portman when she was real young around the professional era um ashley judd is in there as well um uh um his name escapes me but the guy who was buffalo bill in science of Lambs. a lot of great people um i think tom sizemore's in here as well great cast but uh this is one of the best bank robber movies ever it's a better movie than point break in general it's a drama Later, Zach. Uh, uh did he leave yeah he left oh man he probably had network problems uh no he had to go to bed oh wow well maybe maybe he went back to work good for him uh so uh <laughs> he didn't say, okay anyway uh <laughs> or or we gave him a hard time <laughs> No, he, he sent it in the chat. He didn't want to interrupt us. So don't ruin this for me. I want to know that we crushed He's it. He's a stupid head, I mean. Oh, thanks. I don't know. I wasn't reading it. I was too busy talking on my podcast. Uh, Chris's podcast. I gotta go. <laughs> Get out of the street. <laughs> uh, so, so Michael Mann... Um, this movie uh, is most famously known for the heist itself. There's a couple of heists, but the actual heist itself and the sound design 
involved. You'll know it when you hear it. <laughs> Outside of that, there's a lot of visual nature that was taken into The Dark Knight, but it's basically about it's just cops and robbers. Cops and robbers, the movie. Okay. I think you're going to fucking love this. Those it's days. very 90s. It's very 90s, though. It's not a bad movie. This is a genuinely good movie. There's nothing. Maybe there's 90s cheese that you might not like about it, but outside of that, it's a great movie. One of the best endings, one of my favorite endings, personally, one of my favorite endings in cinema, period. Just the final endings. Um, this is the longest movie we've seen since Deathly Hallows Part 1. I think you're, I think you're not going to be bothered by it. Okay. Because remember, we also did the Snyder Cut. That's right, we did do the Snyder Cut. All right, I can sit, I can sit through this. You know, I've been tempted to go back to that. Me tempted. too. There, there yeah. have been a few days where I'm like, I got enough time to like really look into something. I don't got Attack on Titan anymore. Yeah, uh, I don't know. All right, like, um, so let's okay. get out of here, guys. So this is one of those cases, Chris, where I don't think uh, uh, length hurts it. In fact, there's a part of me that kind of wishes I'd see a little bit more. That's uh, what she said. Come on. Uh, there you go. Um, but don't let length. Shoot, I got an ad instead. Great. Okay. Don't let length scare you. You may have different opinions about this, but this is a great movie. This is a genuinely great movie. I'm really Sorry. excited. Like, I'm excited to watch it all the way through. In one go this time, and probably more than once. And not have someone sitting next to you saying this sucks the whole time? That's what she said! <laughs> brilliant. That was amazing. That was brilliant. That was genius. That was fantastic. Wow. That's why you're better than the deaf guy, man. You got good I am, I am clapping. Clapping. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't breathe. Wow. I've <sighs> ever heard in my life. I'm so curious. Oh my God. And it's on recording, and I can go back to it at any point in time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get out of here. <laughs> oh my God. God. Oh. oh my god, sorry. <laughs> so good. All right, that's it, everybody. So, next time we are going to be doing heat, we'll spin the curiosity wheel next week. Oh, um, maybe one more time before we uh, we'll do the cycle one more time and then maybe we'll see where we're at. Um, three weeks from now, if we want to do a series. Um, but, uh, yeah, so next time will be curio the Curiosity Wheel. Can I say um, uh, one thing before we go? Go ahead. Unless you had more to say. No, you're good. Uh, can we please release the That's What She Said cut, please? That's what she said! <laughs> yes! <laughs> so, um... There you go, everyone. So next time, heat. We will see you then. Say goodbye, guys. Goodbye. I know we couldn't Skype tonight, but that's all right. Good night, girl. I'll see you tomorrow. Hashtag release the drunk Alex cut. What?